and welcome to the movie podcast. Did you guys, did you guys like that? It's new. I was hoping. I was hoping this wasn't recording. Oh, but it is. Oh yeah. No, I was testing the microphone to see does it capture all of my voices. But does it make it sound better? No, no. Yeah. In fact, anything. I think people were like, "Oh, this is that episode." This, <laughs> let's turn <laughs> this. Skip. Let's turn this right off. And of course, the American Idol voice you were just hearing. That's me. I'm Shabazz, or you can call me Shay. And I'm joined by, of course, none other than the one, the only, Mr. Flower Shirt himself, Daniel. I'm wearing a flower shirt today. You are. Yeah. You are. You can't see it, but I am. So take yeah. take my word, take Shay's word yeah. for it. Check him out on OnlyFans.com slash Flower shirt. Flower shirt. Don't go there. I don't know what's going to happen if we go there. Uh, and of course, silently sitting there with a grin on his face, Anthony, with nothing on his shirt except for just white. Yeah, I'm just wearing a white shirt today. Yeah. As... I'm wearing enough pattern for the both of us. So. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everyone. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. I'm doing well. How's your weeping, guys? It's been good. Yeah, it's been a, it, this week's gone by fast. Um, watched a bunch of stuff, so excited mm. to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents celebrated their anniversary. Ooh, happy yeah. anniversary to them! What, 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 what was the anniversary? What year? Thirty-one years. Thirty-one years. Yeah. Damn. Do you know? Do you guys know what the anniversary gift is for? Thir- is there an anniversary gift for? There has year? to be. I, uh, isn't it by decade? Oh, I don't know. I don't. No, I, I don't. Think I think so. the beginning it is like literally. What, by what year. was ours for seventy five again? Remember that? Because it's like every ten years and it goes to every five years. Not every in so like it, single. It changes num- by five. I believe so. I think it might have one for every single year. Well, that's new. I think past sixty though. Uh, it's just diamonds. So for well, our I thought like past sixty, you just die. Just die. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is very fitting for uh, this year. The thirty-first anniversary is the anniversary of travel. So oh, wow, um, that's awkward. Thanks like, a lot, COVID. They yeah. can travel outside their house. Yeah, <laughs> they, oh, they do to the mailbox. They do that all the time. Nice. Yeah. yeah. See, thirty-one years. Thirty-one yeah. years. Thirty-one. Yeah. It's good to see. It's good to see. Yeah. How about you guys? What has your week been like? Uh, for me not as exciting as you know a 31 year anniversary i mean what is mm-hmm. what is it's true you know but um i watched quite a bit of stuff you know we did our review for console wars which is out now so yes. for those listening go listen to that played some games you know worked out a little bit trying to enjoy fit. the you're looking very yeah, look, trying look to enjoy cut, the the last days of summer before. Well, we're we're in autumn now. Are we yeah, <laughs> are we? We're, we're in autumn officially. We're in autumn. Yeah. Oh, is it today? Yeah. Well, no, uh, it was a couple like days ago. Last week. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was. You know, autumn is always days. October for me. So right, right. Um, but also, yeah. our birthday month as well. Yes, the Libras are out. Libras oh, are out. Libras are out and lock, lock your daughters. Onlyfans.com slash Libras are out. Libras are out. Yeah. Don't go there, please. No, please. We please don't, don't know it's there. there. <laughs> it's just our pictures for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> just Anthony shirtless. Well, it's a paid subscription to the movie podcast. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's our Patreon. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I've been good too, guys. I had a uh, had a pretty solid week. You know, I played a lot of video games. Got a dog. Oh, yeah. oh yes, you did. Yeah. That is something new. Is this Shih Tzu? Or, it's a Morky. I was going to say Morky. It's Maltese, a Morky. Yeah. It's a Morky. It's a Millennium Falcon. It's a Millennium Falcon. It's a Morky. Uh, yeah. I'm really allergic to dogs, um, but I guess Morkies, they're some form of hypo. Yeah, they don't shed. Yeah, they yeah. don't shed, right? So that's yeah. pretty big. It helps, yeah. Um, but yeah, my mom was super against dogs from you know my whole life she's just she so, looks at a dog on the street and she, she literally at it. yeah she's been afraid she's never liked them and then in the last six months or less maybe it 
there's a switch that flipped and she's all of a sudden like oh you know that dog's cute i'm like you say that dog is cute that or like og like or you're talking about like in slang like your dog that's cute yeah, and then out of nowhere uh she just showed up yesterday with a dog and uh, the things uh things a sweetheart it's really cute really cute dog. um the name again was Dino. Was Dino. Dinosaur. But spelled D Y N O. I think I think they actually did spell D I N O. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, male, right? Male dog named yeah. Dino. He's he's quite a you know chill dog. Is he? Like. Yeah, he's oh, not okay. very like. Morkies are usually I have a Morky. Listen, right? and my Morky is like one day. <laughs> you know, balls to the walls up all around. Yeah. It's on the ceiling. He's like, he's at eight weeks right now, so oh, maybe yeah. he's a little chill for the moment, oh, but yeah. um. Yeah, even when we took him to the vet today, and the vet was like, "No, this is a pretty calm Morky." Like, we're kind of surprised here, but uh, yeah, just keep the first night. Uh, we've had, I think, for two nights now officially, uh, but the first night, no problem. And even no last crying, night, nothing like nothing. that. Nothing. Hmm, that's seven thirty. He kind of just woke up and was like, Arr. "That was my that was my dog sound." Uh, but yeah, was he waking up the house. I think he was, he's crowing. Like, Hello, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So again, this is the movie podcast, not the dog podcast. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna move on to some movies now. <laughs> Subscribe and maybe we'll make a dog maybe podcast. <laughs> we'll make a dog podcast. No, no. Uh, and every Monday we we're, we on all your favorite podcast services. So please give us a listen, review us on any streaming service that you're listening to us from and of course if you want to be part of the show with your comments suggestions and corrections head on over to this time with dot com slash talk what about the dog movie podcast because there's enough dog movies uh but we don't watch enough dog movies oh that's gonna be a topic of the show one week that will be there's only like what all dogs go to heaven one that's a great film though three but there's also like there was like six dog movies last year. Like that, I think that Will Arnett was all home in. And a, a Dog's Journey, A Dog's Purpose, A Dog's Way Home, Call of the Wild, Isle of Dogs, The Art of Racing. Well, Isle of Dogs is really good. Marley and really Me Bolts. Uh, I'm reading a list. These aren't just in my head. Okay, <laughs> I'm like, this, is, this is rapid homeward fire. Bound, 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 homeward bound. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of. We should definitely do a dog movie. We'll definitely do segment. dogs and animals, cats, whatever you guys like. Yeah. You know, just the bird movie podcast. Bird, I, you know what? I loved Polly as a kid. Oh yeah, Polly was a great movie. Yeah. Again, follow us at the movie podcast on Instagram and Twitter, and don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and join our Discord. All of the show notes are down below so check out those links and more a couple of announcements before we get started with today's show we have our commentary still up from the summer and that would be game night sicario and spider-man mr toby mcguire <laughs> is that the name of the movie i would say sam raimi though uh, you know what sam i want to say sam raimi too but i feel like more people associated as toby mcguire yeah. yeah you know toby is something today and someone asked who's your favorite Spider-Man? Uh, Spider-Man. Someone said Andrew Garfield. Are you watching Spider-Man when they asked you that? I was watching Seven, and then somebody asked me. I'm like, that's interesting to pick Yeah. Garfield. I know people who really like Garfield. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Moment of silence. Moment of silence. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, they're all available on our feed, so please go ahead and get a listen. A couple com- important episodes to listen to as well. We have our Black Lives Matter episode. Still a movement. Still a conversation. Zack Snyder's Justice League Snyder Cut is coming to HBO Max in 2021. And we have our interview with Kevin Lima, director of a goofy movie, Tarzan, Enchanted, and more. Of course, we still have our spoiler cast up for The Last of Us Part 2. Yesterday was The Last of Us Day, so if you are a fan of The Last of Us, then you probably saw a bunch of cool things that were being announced and released. Uh, that episode is also up and it is with our good friends at the Untitled Movie Podcast and we are geek centric. Of course, we have our reviews up right now for the Console Wars, PlayStation Revolution, Tenet, and New Mutants as well. 
And we have our bracket update. Guys, if you've been following the movie podcast on Instagram, we've been posting weekly what is the most quotable movie of all time. And it's finally come down to the final. So this week we will be posting the last movies. So who who's going up against who? Who's who's in this final? Who's going to win it all? So it is 21 Jump Street versus the 40-year-old virgin. Both comedies and both numbered films. Wow. I'm really happy and surprised that 21 Jump Street beat The Godfather last week. Yeah, Phil Lord, uh, director of the movie of 21 Jump Street, along with uh, Chris Miller, but Phil Lord replied to my tweets uh, saying that, you know, he's, he's, that it is a much better film than The Godfather. Oh, well, without question. I can't even think about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say anything. I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to say anything. <laughs> Yeah, you said so much. You know, it just I don't know. I'm man. not saying anything. <laughs> I'm not saying anything, but I think this is like, bullshit. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I'm just. This is say, rigged. This is as rigged as the 2020 election. Okay. Oh, oh. Wait, 2020 you, election. Oh, damn. And not even the there yet, though. Yeah. Well, you know, the Russians. Oh, right? oh okay. <laughs> Are you calling Daniel and I the Russians? Yeah. Okay, that's true. I, that I, that was I, our nickname. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was um, you know. That was really sweet of him to, to you know comment. Yeah. Hopefully, if you're listening, Mister Mister Lord, Mister Lord, Mister Lord sounds kind of weird, Mister <laughs> Mister Philly Lord. Uh, yeah, please go ahead and vote this week and let us know what you think is the most quotable movie of all time. Yeah, and Phil, if you're not doing anything, come on the show, come man. On the you show. got Connected coming out next year. Come on, yeah. talk about it with us. You've tweeted us many a times. You know, you know who we are. Yeah, come on. Um, so, in honor of Halloween and the spooky month of October... Sp- spaguki? Spaguki. Uh, I was just trying to say spaghetti for Anthony. Mm, it sounds like uh, something else, but... Um. <laughs> spaguki. Uh, spooky month of October, and also in honor of Anthony and I's birthday, we're going to do best horror movies of of all time. <laughs> it felt like I was building up to something, yeah. but it was just that. That's horror with an H. Yes. Horror with an H. Like, it's like horror. 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 Yeah. Man, before all you crazies out there think of something else. <laughs> and... I don't like that laugh. That was a sinister laugh. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a, I don't like that laugh. I don't like the smile either. It was a sinister I, you laugh. You know, we're just playing around, right? <laughs> I think it's going to kill us one day. <laughs> uh, our topic of the show is... David Fincher's Seven turns 25. And it's a fitting topic of the show because it is also episode 77. Yeah. I don't know. We had to whisper that, but it was good. It's it's a... it's a. I should, you know what? We should have waited till... Episode what? It turned 27. Oh. 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 And then we had a hope that it's also our 177th episode. Correct. Right. Shoot. That seems like a lot of things we got to line it's up. A lot, of, <laughs> a lot at stake that's here. A, that's a wide basket to shoot for. <laughs> yeah. But it worked out, though. Like, it, it did work. It worked out, 77 yeah. on the 27th day of September. Oh, my God. The flashlight's on. Uh, my flashlight on. I just blinded Shay. Um, uh, yeah, we are recording this on the 27th of September, yeah. which is the not the seventh month. And by the time we start talking about it, it will be past seven. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's like this is like wait. the number the movie twenty three. Except oh God, it's seven. But it's number twenty seven. <laughs> and Jim Carrey's not in it. And Jim, and Jim Carrey's, Carrey's not in it. it. But let's jump into the news. So let's go ahead and do 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 Right, that was really okay. good. Man. That, pack it up, boys. We're about to go. That felt good. That felt good. <laughs> that, that moment of silence afterwards, when we just heard it reverberate through the yeah. room, and we're just like, yeah. We're we also we're that. really proud of ourselves too, because you can feel it. We're just like, yeah, all right, yeah, good, good stuff. Yeah. yeah, we got this. Yeah. All right. So, Suicide Squad spinoff series Peacemaker is starting 
Justin John. Wow, Ooh, Justin <laughs> starring John Cena is coming from James Gunn. Set it on at HBO Max. This is coming from Joe Otterson of Variety. So HBO Max has given a straight to series order for Peacemaker, a spinoff from the upcoming Suicide Squad film. John Cena will play the title role, reprising his role from the film. The film's writers and director, James Gunn, will also write the series and direct multiple episodes, including the pilot. HBO Max has ordered eight episodes of the show based on the DC Comics character, which is described as an action-adventure comedy. The exact plot of the series is being kept under wraps, but it is set to explore the origins of Peacemaker, a man who believes in peace at no cost, no matter how many people he has to kill to get it. The production is slated to begin early 2021, prior to Gunn starting work on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. The Suicide Squad is set to be released in theaters August 6, 2021, Anthony, what do you think about this? Um, good. It's good. It's good. Good news for um for HBO Max subscribers and people who who have that as a you know a streaming service. I don't know much about Peacemaker as a character, and I'm looking forward to seeing him on um in the new movie in the new Suicide Squad. Um, I do like John Cena. I don't know like how he's gonna portray mm-hmm. and what like I guess he is like the the anti Captain America, right? You know. Freedom at no cost, at any cost, uh, or at no cost, at any cost, at any cost, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's good. It's good. Like I, I love comic book TV series as long as they have the budget and they it can... feels like what's in that within that universe, right? Yeah, and you're, you're you're still continuing that story from the movie side to mm-hmm. the TV side, which I like. Um, yeah, nice. Looking yeah. forward to that. Awesome. What about you, Dale? No, I'm yeah, same same boat as you guys. Like this is when when we were talking last week about. Um, you know, Miss Marvel and um, why am I blank? Oh, uh, She Hulk. Yes, and yeah, like like I'm excited about those shows because they're gonna. I'm and we've got the trailer for Wandavision. It doesn't feel like it's a step down from the movies, and uh, that's what I'm hoping here too. Like we know we're gonna have the Batman series as well too from Matt Reeves. It it really makes it seem like Warner Brothers is like, hey, we have this platform. Let's make content for this that ties into our movies. So I think they're approaching it really strongly like they're telling these directors hey make your movie but also you can make a show and explore an aspect of that so i really mm-hmm. like that batman mm-hmm. and suicide squad are getting that and now marvel's going to be doing that too with their movies um james gunn has like said before too that like he would never come in on a, a, and be a guest director on a series he would only want to direct something that he created mm-hmm. so it's nice to see that he finally has a show that he's going to be creating and he's going to be the showrunner for and he could do whatever he wants with this where where on the Marvel side, like he did Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe he'll do a Marvel show one day. Mm-hmm. But now he's creating Peacemaker, and this is going to be a, a franchise that he's going to be working on. So I'm excited to see what he does in a longer form of storytelling. So should be do interesting. Think, do you think James Gunn will will sign any exclusive deal with Marvel or Warner Brothers before, or sorry, not before, but after um, Guardians? Guardians? I don't. I don't think so. I, he does. He seems like the kind of person that. You know, he likes to be in charge of his projects because he likes to have that creative control. And from what I've seen on his Instagram and Twitter, he he mostly reiterates the fact that, you know, while working on this DC film, he's had complete support. Right. There's been no issues. And he said that, I think, the same way about Marvel, where yep. no one's really kind of gotten in his way. So I think when it comes down to locking yourself down, you you kind of, you know, hinder that creativity a little bit sometimes. Sure. Because you're, you're just... You know, he can only do one thing, and I think he likes to have the variety. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I and I think he'll stay in the DC camp after. Like, I mean, like 
He's already done two huge movies with Guardians. He was the executive producer on both of it, like on Avengers. Infinity War and Endgame. Mm-hmm. So he's been in the Marvel camp since 2014 with Guardians and then before that. And he's pretty much kind of set the tone for what the cosmic Marvel world is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So I think this is him now being like, hey, let me kind of establish a DC universe now. And, and we'll see what happens with it. Right. I mean, it sounds like we'll probably get the show next year as well, too. Yeah. It'll probably be like next fall. So or who knows? It may even start um, closer to where Suicide Squad is releasing. So maybe in the, even in the summer. Who knows? That is if it even sticks its date. Right. So we'll see. But this is good news. This is cool to see. Yeah. It's interesting to me, though, that um, he's doing still more stuff before Guardians. Like, it's like, you know, he said, okay, I'll do Suicide Squad, and then after that, I'll start Guardians. Right. And it's not like, okay, we'll do one more thing with DC, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. I'll start Guardians. You know, like, when does it... Is is this Guardians on a timeline right now? I don't now, think so. You know? I think Guardians is 2023 at this point. Yeah. Because Marvel... All Marvel's films have been pushed, and we'll, we'll get right. to that. And we're, Marvel was already... Their schedule... Their slate was chock full of shows, of movies... All the way into 2022. So who knows what that's going to look like now that Black Panther is probably going to be reworked or taken off the shelf. We don't know. Right. But we have a bunch of Marvel shows. We have a bunch of Marvel movies all now being pushed to May. So Marvel is now delayed a year. Mm -hmm. So literally, Guardians can maybe start shooting next year. And then I don't think we'll see it until 2022 or 2023 at that point. So I I don't think it's going to affect the schedule because yeah. marvel's been doing okay without um yeah the guardians right now because yeah. like what, what like we're not missing them yet let's let's throw up the, these other characters right, right. now. Yeah. do you guys miss them not yet miss I, the I guardians? Miss them, but yeah like, do you really miss them like do you want to see <laughs> I, I love the guardians but like i think we've also like we've told the story right now so we, we don't yeah. need them right now let's let's get yeah. these nuclear right. young blood in there yeah, right? yeah. I, I don't i'm not uh dying for a volume three even though i'd love it because I, I know there'd be a great movie but yeah, I'm 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 personally okay with it, and that's with nothing negative really there. Just I'm I'm okay without it for now. I'm yeah. good. We've we've told the story with them, so I'm like, unless let's because we also did get them in the Avengers films as well. So yeah, I I, I kind of feel like I almost got a volume three in some ways. You right. Know? Yeah. Right. So we we got them in Guardians one, Guardians two, Avengers, uh, Infinity War, Endgame. So like we've had and they were big players, in big both players. Those films yeah. Too. So like we've we've had that. So I think we're we're okay with on the Guardian front right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, someone brought the water bottle today, finally. Oh, okay. <coughs> I yes. think you should just put it a little closer to the microphone, just so they can make sure they, they <laughs> well, hear you close it. This is, uh, la, 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 this is called Sparkling Ice Cherry Lemonade. Was it good? It's really good. It's like a freezy. Today's episode was oh. brought to you by... But zero calories. <laughs> hey, maybe Sparkling we can get the sponsors one day. Zero we'll calories. Know. Next story is Samuel L. Jackson to play Nick Fury in new Marvel Disney Plus series. This is also coming from Joe Otterson of Variety. Samuel L. Jackson, not to be confused with Samuel Jackson. Do you know what the L stands for, by the way? Lionel. Did you know that? No, I was just guessing. Do you know what it stands for? What does it stand for? Motherfucker. Well, that's kind of offensive. Yeah. You know, my mom listens to this show. Okay, well, we want to know what the L really stands for. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it stands for. There though. are probably children that listen to the show. <laughs> to all the children out there, that was a new word by Daniel. <laughs> today's letters, bro. Today's, today's letters, <laughs> Leroy. Leroy. His, his L stands for Leroy. Oh, that was I close. Like Daniel's better, though. Yeah. Yeah, but that, But mine's true, though. But there's no M in it. I, it sounds M. like it. Silent, Silent M. M. You have to pronounce it. It's pronounced who the fuck are. But, uh,. But Mr. Sam Jackson is set to reprise the role of uh, Nick Fury in a new Marvel series currently in development at Disney+. Plus. Variety has learned exclusively from sources. 
<clears throat> the exact plot details of the show are being kept under wraps or under an eye patch, as uh, <laughs> no one says. But multiple sources say that Jackson is attached to star with Kyle Bradstreet, and he's attached to write and executive produce. Just like all the other Marvel shows that Disney Plus, Marvel Studios will produce. Jo- Jackson's famously portrayed Fury, the mon- monocular head of the clandestine government agency S.H.I.E.L.D. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe going back to the post credit scene in the first Iron Man film in 2008. And what a post credit scene that was. Oh, still one of uh, the top, <clears throat> top three of all time for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He has appeared in multiple films in the MCU, most recently portraying Fury in Spider-Man Far From Home, Avengers Endgame, and Captain Marvel. He also played the character in two episodes of ABC series Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The last time fans saw Fury was in the post credit scene of Far From Home, where he was on board a Skrull ship somewhere in deep space. Mm. Cool. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys think about this, Daniel? Uh, again, yeah, very cool. Again, I was like, we were talking earlier about like shows feeling like kind of a step down. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. definitely felt like a side show mm-hmm. compared like a, a side not like a side show like a like a circus or something like that <laughs> it, felt, it felt like it was side just it felt like just this isn't movie level these aren't movie level characters it's it feels like it's a it's a, a television show it feels very different it feels very disconnected from the larger universe um fear getting a show though i'm just curious like are they going to make it like a spy type show is he going to be setting up sword like his swords in space and Swords rumored to be involved in the WandaVision show. So I'm like, there could be connections that way. Is this the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show we wanted? Yeah. Is this, is this the, right. what we wanted Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to be uh, seven years ago when it started? Hmm. What about you, Anthony? Yeah, I'm I'm down for it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think of like all the ideas that might the show might be um, utilizing to, to kind of like tell the story of Nick Fury. Uh, maybe Nick Fury has a son. Maybe this is he meets other Nick Fury. Oh, what, an, David Hasselhoff, Nick Fury. Yeah, like that type of Nick Fury from an alternate universe. Because I feel like Marvel is going to go through that alternate yeah. universe. To, yeah. To to so they can get away from those major characters. Sure. Having those same characters played by different people from different universes. Mm. I think we're a lot um, more accepting of that now, right? Well, and understanding of it because we can't really. We who doesn't want to see. You know Thor and and Iron Man, but maybe in a different capacity, sure. from a different, played by a different character. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm interested in a Nick Fury, Disney Plus series. Yeah, 100. Yeah. percent Yeah, I think this would be cool. Yeah, very cool. Uh, Zack Snyder is planning a new Justice League shoot amid Ray Fisher claims. This comes from our good friend of the show. Boris Kid, Boris the Hollywood Kid. Reporter. In October, director Zack Snyder will roll cameras for his extended cut of Justice League working for Warner Media's HBO Max division on restoring his version of the maligned 2017 movie that he exited because of a family tragedy. The shoot, which will turn the Snyder Cut into a four-episode limited series, is expected to bring back Ben Affleck as Batman, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman for new scenes. Henry Cavill is not expected to return due to the Witcher two season, were the Witcher season two commitments. Uh, also to appear on the call sheet for what is expected to be a week or so long shoot is Ray Fisher as Cyborg. 
With new footage comes new costs, and the rap reports that the new budget for Snyder's recut of Justice League is now $70 million. Jesus! Up from an estimated 20 to $30 million when the project was announced in May. The final version of the Snyder Cut will debut on HBO Max sometime in 2021. I think those claims or those ideas that we had that we'll probably see it in the first half, I think might be a little bit harder now. Yeah, but it's also summer. possible, you know? It's it's funny though because when we when we spoke about this back in April or May, I think we were saying how the, it's going to be a bigger budget. Like oh, if, yeah. they, if they do, and like back then it wasn't like oh, there's not going to be any reshoots. It's just fiz- finishing CGI and maybe doing some additional dialogue recording. Yeah. Um. And now it's like let's do a whole let's do a whole event of this seventy million dollars. Oh my god. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And no Henry Cavill. So hopefully again. It means- again. <laughs> <laughs> he has a he has a he has a unibrow he can't get yeah. rid of this time. <laughs> it all, he always finds hair. himself in these situations where he's caught in other type of movies. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he does it to himself because right mean, now he's doing nothing. I just saw him like play rugby or rudd or something. Well, with I the mean, lion. Co- lion. COVID, they had to can't delay. Yeah, but I filming. feel like Cavill doesn't really want to be Superman. I don't know. Because he would cancel what he's doing right now and go do it. But he has a commitment to... Dude, they shot this movie five years ago, though. Dude, they shot this movie five years ago. He wouldn't be thinking, oh, shit, I got to do reshoots for a movie I shot five years ago. For one week versus, you know, something that (laughs) I was committed to. But but, that's crazy. That's crazy to me that I remember us seeing the trailer for Suicide... uh, Sorry, for Justice League in 2016... And they've already had been filming that year and the mm-hmm. year prior, and it's like we're all, and they're still doing reshoots on that movie. That's <sighs> madness. I'm I'm so surprised by the reshoots. I mean, like I bet it's nothing too major, just mild <laughs> touch-ups here and there. But man, it went from being okay, yeah, this is an ex- extension to now like okay, like he's getting carried away. I wonder if you know the return on investment is gonna be there. I feel like it I will think be. so. I think so. I think they'll get a lot more people subscribing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so when they when these reshoots are they still part of the original deal that they had back in 2016? Probably not. Or is this something like new? Like, hey Ben, can you do you want to do this? Because <laughs> I, I know, like, I know that yeah, it's initially contracts. You're right; they are scheduled for possible reshoots, reshoots but like which five they, years but in with the future. Yeah. And they did those reshoots already with they Whedon. Did, yes. So it's now like, oh shoot, and the movie released. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's like when you when we when we literally when we're thinking about this now it's like oh my god this movie they shot this movie five years ago and it's still haunting them so, so that means Ben Affleck have to, has to get back into shape oh he's he, looking pretty good he, though he's he's yeah good. but he's not like shape that he was Batman vs Superman Batman vs Superman no, no right now he's at least in much better shape than he's been mm-hmm. in in a very long time let's yeah. let's do a what if what what is the scene that they that's need to reshoot that's coming to Disney Plus actually what if <laughs> <on the show. laughs> it is uh, what if here's a what if scenario. What is the sh- what is the scene? Yeah, Zack Snyder has to reshoot for this movie. Do you? I I don't think it's anything of them in costume. Yeah, I feel like it's just let's let's get them in a room together and just some like uh just setting up setting plots, up setting up exposition. exposition. I feel like it's something to do with a Justice League tower. Oh, maybe it's like a like an after not an after after credit, but it could be an after credit like like an at like. Here's our Justice League Tower. So are you saying that what if this 
Zack Sanders Ultimate Cut leads into like a series, like a TV series. No, no, that's gonna be no, but not, just yeah. like hey, here's like here's this here's the Justice League Tower where we could all congregate and maybe like foreshadow something that might happen. The Watchtower would be awesome. Though. Yeah, in the in future, space. in a type of alternate reality, maybe. I mean, is this gonna tie? Like, who knows? Because like we also know Ben's coming back for the, the Flash, Flash movie. Ben will be back as Batman. I'm telling you. Well, yeah. As well, a, other than like on his own, sure, he will. I, I he think will. this is I like it. I believe he's changed. It's like he's he's changed. in a, he's in a better headspace now. Yeah. He totally put, different headspace. Put the bottle down. Oh god. Uh, I think with Flash, like he'll have a, a, a nice role in that, and maybe it opens it up for having these smaller roles in it. I mean, there's room to have two Batman at the same time. Mm. Like it doesn't have to be a passing yeah. of the torch. No, it doesn't. Right? I'm glad we agree. I, I like. I, I just, oh man, you know, every, I want Ben's Batman. Yeah. I want that rugged. I do. We've never um, gone just dirty, you know, gritty Batman. That's mm, yeah, Just sweaty and filthy and muddy, topless. You know? Okay, pulling um, that tire. There is more though, and the reason why there's a little bit more is because I don't know if you guys have been hearing about this, and we have talked about it on the show. <laughs> We've been talking about, it, but I haven't been. Hearing. But I don't know if you guys heard. Yeah. Ray Fisher right now, he is in a bit of a in a public dispute with Warner Media's division, Warner Bros., uh, which he accuses of permitting Joss Whedon, the director who took over from Snyder, to engage in misconduct and abuse while reshooting Justice League. Fisher also claimed that executives John Berg and Jeff Johns, who have both since left the studio, enabled Whedon's behavior. Warner Bros. has declined to comment, and Warner Media remains in business with Whedon, whose new show, HBO sci-fi drama The Nevers, is back in production in London. Fisher is in talks with Warner Bros. to make a cameo in the Flash Justice League spinoff movie due to shoot next year, but in earlier drafts of the Flash script, Cyborg was a much more active player than the one in the current script. Sources say the studio exercised its option for the Flash, even upping its negotiated price So, for what's described as a three-scene appearance. Fisher's side countered with a figure doubling that. Warner's turned that down, and negotiations have remained stalled for weeks. Hmm. Difficult situation for sure. Tough. Um, yeah, like I, I didn't mean like to make light of it. Like before we started, like with joking around, but like no, for sure. No, like obviously Ray has these claims of what happened, and I'm hoping that Warner Brothers gets to the bottom of it and mm-hmm. the, whatever third party they're working with to rectify this and to really figure out what was happening here because his claims are valid are valid right and we have to listen to these claims when they come up and yeah what's the end result though i don't know is it compensation is it acknowledgement is, is it, it an apology is it joss whedon apologizes is right it because like, there's what, a lot of big names here. Joss Whedon, it's Jeff Johns. It's like yeah. he's calling out Warner Brothers right now, and Warner Brothers is also like, and and then a couple weeks ago too, there was that whole thing where it's like, oh, Ben Affleck coming back as Batman was supposed to be a surprise, but Warner Brothers released that story to counter the the cyborg like the Ray oh, Fisher like claims in the news, right? To so like they they released it. yeah to overshadow it. Mm. So it's like there's a lot there's a lot of things at play here, and I hope that. Uh, the truth, com- like is, is is found in all of this. Yeah, no, I. Uh, it's it's really bizarre because you know Ray, he's he has been very active on Twitter and even I think on his his live streams for whenever he does anything about how 
you know, it, it was such an awful experience for him. And I know that um, Jason Momoa has pretty much kind of chimed in alongside him too, mm-hmm. saying like, yeah, yeah, you know, it sucks what happened. I'm curious, um, is the rest of the league going to kind of like chime in as well? Right. Because um, it's right now, it's it's really awkward. It really just seems like he's the one really bringing it to attention. That everybody else feels this way. Is everybody else more on the side of like we can't go up against this gigantic company? But you know, this is Ray's real first film, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, he's coming off of Broadway. Yeah, because I I feel like the care like the even you know Ben Affleck and 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 uh, Gal Gadot Gal Gadot they would have said something. Along the lines and aligned with him. And yeah, that, I, 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 I haven't, just, I haven't seen just, anything. It, yeah, it is yeah. very strange, especially uh, Gal Gadot. Yeah, because she like just her empathy and right. and like her being this this symbol for for you know Wonder Woman, right? And being you know the truth, the truth, and, right? And standing strong, I feel like she would have kind of backed him up, right? There's but, yeah, nothing there's, has said, nothing, nothing has come out of her camp. It's a strange. It's a definitely uh, again not like not to sound like we're, we're discounting his claims. No, at all. we're not. It's not we're, that at all. We're just. It's just. It's just. It's. We don't bizarre. really see situations like this too often because mm. oftentimes it's like this is the claim and then something is like it's it we're in it. But I feel like Ray keeps uh, like saying, "Hey, this happened," yeah, and like nothing's moving forward with it. So it's just no. it's just very strange that like. Like here's this here's this man saying like this is what happened to me, but it also feels like nobody's caring. People are literally just enough about him. it, you know. And that's what's sad, and that's what's sad, you know? right? And but it all depends on who's to believe, right? Right. right. Even uh, they did the third party; they had a third party investigation team look into the matter, and they determined that there was nothing that really stood out to them. And I believe. Ray commented and say, "Well, you know, you guys are getting paid by Warner Brothers, of right. course." And I think Nothing he said really that he wasn't out. even involved in it too, right? Part, yeah, so, so there's there's a lot there's a lot of politics right happening. You're literally going up against one of the you know the biggest movie studios out there. Yeah, it's and it's owned not... by one of the biggest corporations in the world too. There but I go. think in the future, this might like help yeah. other productions sure. make sure that there is no type of uh, like zero tolerance for abuse yeah and racial injustice anything yeah, on set all that type of stuff and, and and it sucks because this is how hollywood works you have a black man coming forward saying this is what happened to me you're having people or warner brothers says they're looking into it but what does that really mean you're right and at the end of the day it's like well this is either going to make people not speak up or it's going to make Ray Fisher not have a career, a career after this, which I don't. Really? I don't think he, like he cares. At least from what it looks like, it looks like he's just like, I'm more so fighting for my injustice than if I have a career or not. It right. just seems like that. And I think that's you know hats off to you because right. that's, that's awesome. And I hope justice uh, is leagued. Yeah, is leagued. No, I hope justice is served. Um, Rightfully so. so yeah. Next story today is Tribeca Film Festival is to add video games to its official selections. This is coming from Trilby Beresford of The Hollywood Reporter. Video games will be added to the Tribeca Film Festival's program of official selections in 2021. Organizers revealed on Thursday. Chosen projects will be available, will be eligible for a new honor, the Tribeca Games Award. 
recognizing games that demonstrate artistic excellence in storytelling. Along these changes, Tribeca Games is introducing a new advisory board of game and film veterans uh, that has been formed to steer forward the presence of games at the festival, including the Game Awards creator and video game journalist and Canadian, Jeff Keighley. Hell yeah. Okay, well, that was a bit much. (laughs) (laughs) Video game developer Hideo Kojima, who, you know, famously done the Metal Gear series and Dead Stranding, Candyman writer and producer Nieta Costa, Creative director of Remedy Entertainment, Sam Lake. Director Jean Favreau. Of- <laughs> Why'd you say him like he was a French I man? don't know why. Oh, I s- Jean Favreau. I was saying his name and I'm like, yeah, it's Jean. But I'm like, Jean Cachet. Jean Cachet. Jean Favreau. Jean Favreau. <laughs> Electric Arts EA co-founder, Bing Gordon. And Kiki Wolfkill. Jesus. What a name. fucking dope name, eh? Yeah, Wolfkill. Kiki Wolfkill. Head of Halo Transmedia and Entertainment. Speaking to what prompted these expansion into the game space, Tribeca Film Festival set co-founder and CEO Jane Rosenthal tells The Hollywood Reporter that Tribeca has always served to bring artists and diverse audiences together to celebrate storytelling in all its forms. It's incredible to see how game creators develop these immersive worlds within their own unique stories, characters, lore, and languages, and their work should be celebrated. She goes on to say that, as a filmmaker and storyteller, I've always had an interest in how creators can push the boundaries of storytelling on all these different platforms. I've personally had a curiosity in non-linear storytelling for years, and I think that games offer a new realm of narrative expansion and immersion that is part cinema, part gaming. Games were first recognized at the Tribeca Film Festival in 2011 when Rockstar Games' Ellie Noir was the first video game to be an official selection at the fest. Numerous games have been highlighted since then, including action-adventure God of War from Santa Monica Studio, online battle arena game League of Legends from Riot Games, and the story-driven What Remains of Edith Finch from independent developer Giant Sparrow. We've seen how films can influence so many game creators. We've also seen how many filmmakers are in heavily influenced by game culture rosenthal tells thr anthony what do you think it's good news for for games and those who create them with a, a cinematic storyline especially you know hideo kojima being one of the most cinematic game developers out there you know with his 70 minute cutscenes, scenes yeah. the, you know metal gear guns of the patriot um yeah, I think this is a great opportunity for video games to get acknowledged for the type of work that they um, that they do. Uh, a lot of the storylines are very similar to what we see in um, on screen. Yes, they're interactive movies, but man, some of these games yeah. are better than movies that we watch on on the big screen. Yeah, doesn't make them um, any less of a storytelling experience, no, right? You're just it's it's another immersive feeling, mm-hmm. uh, immersive. Um, yeah, feeling. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for 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 cinematic gaming. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm 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 excited for this. Like I saw this and like and I saw who was all involved and it's cool that you have like you obviously have Jeff Keighley there who is how could you not have Jeff Keighley in anything video game related right now? Uh, Hideo Kojima makes total sense. He was at like the Tribeca I think like last year hanging out with Robert De Niro and stuff like that. So yeah. like it just it just. The, this last line of this article, though, or from the from the quote that said, "We know how filmmakers have influenced games, but like we also want to see how like games have influenced filmmakers, right?" So I'm paraphrasing there, but it, it's awesome to see you have Nia Dacosta, you have John Favreau, who are all Jean Favreau. Jean Jean Favreau, sorry, who are all working in the film industry, but also have that connection to um, a wider, 
I guess, audience. I think of Favreau with Iron Man and even with Mandalorian, how they're shooting that. It's different. Um, like that's, that's awesome. And, and we're at this point right now with motion capture technology that we're bridging these performances between, you know, a physical person just on a camera to through the computer. We, I think of like Andy Serkis and people like that. Mm-hmm. And I could see those people uh, kind of joining this, maybe this uh, group of people, maybe next year. It's a different set of candidates for this, uh, for this table. Uh, what is this called? Sorry again. This, um, uh... Tribeca Games Award? Yeah, no, but what's this, like, the organizers, uh, oh my god, why am I blanking on this right now? Oh, advisory board, that's it. This oh, advisory oh, board, yeah, I'm like, what is, like, what is this, name, fel- what is really? this fellowship of, <laughs> the advisory board, the yes. advisory board, yeah, so, like, I could see, like, like, um, uh, Guillermo del Toro join it, Andy mm. Serkis join it, like, people who have, like, like, that connection to, like, just a bigger sense of storytelling with right. with CG and things like that. Yeah. And it's nice seeing because obviously we Peter have... Peter Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Peter Jackson. Like, we, we have these... Uh, King Kong the Game was a great game. It was a good mm-hmm. game. Uh, we have these... Uh, <laughs> don't look at... Go ahead. Listen, <laughs> the, remember ofi- it. the official name for that game was, like, literally called, like, Peter Jackson's King Kong... Uh, Peter Jackson's King... No, that's Samuel Jackson. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, it's Peter... It's like Peter Jackson's King Kong, the official video game of the movie, or something. It was like super long. Oh, so you um, like two discs. Yeah, to, two discs just for the name. Just it's a great name. game. Um, no, but it's like it's nice to see this because you have... I think of like Ghost of Tsushima and you think of Last of Us this year and like, yes, those are... God going, of War, which God of War already had. So. Yeah, but like I, I'm just thinking like this year alone... Like, Death Stranding, you can say is... For sure. Yeah, even though it was an interesting game, but... You know, but like... the storytelling. You have the storytelling, the, the story, this amazing storytelling happening on the video game side and you want to have that recognized and i think the game awards are great you know the dice awards are great there's a lot of amazing there's baftas for the video games as well too but like to have it at a festival where you get maybe different eyes on it that's awesome and it's only going to be better for the industry yeah. yeah a lot of game developers start off from film yeah mm-hmm. you know they they move into the gaming world because they feel that they have more options uh to tell their story sure yeah. um so yeah this is this is it makes sense to have you know, video games and movies together. You'll games are not writers on both sides. Yeah, and games are not like you know, Mario. <laughs> like we're not <laughs> when you people think of games, they think of like Super Mario Brothers. No, yeah, it's or like arcade, or just like there's just, more to it now. There's so, there's so much. much more, yeah. and right. every year it gets better and better. I think in the last five years of video games, there's been a um, general welcoming to the video game world. I mean, people I think are finally starting to take notice of how amazing games are and that they're not just yes your typical side scrollers and arcade games or just shooters like or just, just shooters, call of duty right? all the time there's right? there's more to them and you know i think sony in the last few years has done a great job of creating these narrative-based games including what the ones we've already mentioned so i'm excited to see this because the video game industry makes way more money than the yeah. film and music industry combined combined <laughs> so why not why not open your wallets up yeah to this for if sure. you can so this is this is gonna be very exciting, and even here on We Podcast, we've spent now more time discussing games as well than we have before. Because guess what, movies and games are becoming more and more yeah. alike. They're they're taking, like they're taking up real estate in our head. We're playing them. We're experiencing those stories, and you know they are like at the end of the day like they're kind of like movies that we get to play mm-hmm. which right? is why again if you want to listen to our spoiler cast for the last of us part two it is up on our feed. it's a great one it's, it's one of my one. it's one of my favorite things it's the only recorded. episode i've i've actually liked that we've wow. done yeah okay. every episode including the one today okay even though we haven't finished it yet mm-hmm. i've hated okay well 
We got time to turn this around, Anthony. <laughs> no, I'm going to make it worse. Well, I oh, no. It. I hate it, too. Okay. Oh, oh that's awkward. Well, now. thank you so much for listening to the new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap it up with a fun Let's one. wrap it up. Yeah. And <laughs> this last story here, uh, kind of a weird one, but popcorn, and this is a this is a huge uh, epidemic here that's yeah. happening here. It's it's worse than COVID, I'd say. Oh, no. No, not really? Nope. Okay. Well, COVID's worse. <laughs> COVID's worse, I guess. Uh, popcorn is piling up thanks to movie theater closures. This is going from Mike Pomerons of food and wine. I think this is the first time we've ever had food and wine on this. <laughs> first and probably last, I'd yeah. say. Uh, the COVID-19 pa- pandemic has upended 2020, and though most of the news has been bad, certain industries have seen some silver linings. For popcorn, producers are reportedly seeing both sides of the coin, and even being stuck at home may be a conductive to a sales surge for microwave popcorn. The closure of movie theaters and other venues have apparently apparently hit the growers that focus on providing the snacks for your nights out especially hard. While microwave popcorn brands have benefited from double-digit sales increases during the pandemic, the Washington Washington Post reports that in non-coronavirus times, 30% of America's popcorn consumption takes place outside of the home. And those kernels are typically supplied by growers that have eschewed the headaches of things like microwave packaging to sell directly to theaters and other distributors. Since the shutdown, one large brand, Preferred Popcorn, said they have to, they've had to install seven new silos to hold all the unsold kernels, about enough for 80 million movie theater tubs. Unfortunately, Popcorn only lasts about a year before it's too dry to do its whole poppin'. Dang. Hmm. <laughs> just, just send it to us. Let's see. That's, that's, a, that's actually interesting because you, you forget about, you know, the... the the distribution of popcorn to theaters. Yeah, that there's a ripple of everything. Yeah, right? that can't they can't sell popcorn. So you know, not a lot of people have popping machines. So no, right, there's not the, us. I I not used yet. to have one. I've always wanted one, but I'm just like, like I don't I know where I would have wanted one. It was a small yeah. one. It wasn't like the like the one right, right, like right. The wheels tiny, or anything. It's yeah, a right. tiny one. It would <laughs> shoot no, like popcorn. It would always hit. it shoots it at you. <laughs> well, it shoots it into the bowl. Yes, and then like sometimes it goes sporadic and shoots it yeah. everywhere but uh, we lost a lot of family members yeah. due to this it would burn you yeah it was like yeah, burning pop- burning popcorn is hot whenever i make homemade one it's that like, makes it sense will, it will scold you yeah yeah i totally for like i i didn't even think about like all the popcorn manufacturers <laughs> the surplus of popcorn like, yeah. right who's now? the biggest one uh Orville guess, Redenbach preferred, yeah, that preferred popcorn <laughs> yeah preferred popcorns up there yeah. preferred popcorn I, I usually just do orville redenbacher like microwave yeah. popcorn i just in general like i mean i i, I buy all their Brands and kernels and kernels, yeah. Kernels is I. Is I, kernels Canadian only, or is it no? Is it? It's. I don't know actually. Uh, yeah, kernels is great. Kernels is great if you want that like that good mall popcorn. And of course, yeah. Poptopia by. Uh, See, Poptopia was very similar to kernels when it was fresh. Right. Poptopia like now it's coming all boxed, right? Does it's, it's stale? It's yeah. very stale. Is Poptopia but Canadian some, though? I, Are they well, owned by Cineplex? It, oh, I don't know. We'll have to look into this. We'll have to do a research on this. On yeah. the popcorn podcast. Pop to- <laughs> like, <laughs> the popcorn movie podcast. Do you guys eat popcorn when episodes. you're at home watching a movie? Yeah. Yeah. I, love popcorn. I, I don't. I love popcorn. Not all the time. Like, I, I would say very rarely. Yeah. Because I, I have so much. Yeah, I have so much other things. And also, popcorn doesn't do me... Like it just, I can eat it and eat it, and nothing happens. What right. are you expecting to happen? I'm just like curious. you know, well, just, you get full. Not okay, get full, but like I don't know. It's just it it's, doesn't. It's, it's it doesn't it's, satisfy. It doesn't satisfy. Me. Me. I like it more at the theater because it feels like that's part of the experience. It's part of the experience. Right. 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 When I'm at home, um, 
I'm doing it when it's a big movie night, you know, like my family's getting together and like, and that's rare already. So in general, yeah, I, I, I don't eat it at home often. Anthony, you're right. I'll eat the other snacks that I probably don't get to eat at the movie theater often. Yeah. I'll eat them at yeah, home. I you like can, eating you can't I- eat chips at the theater because you're an asshole if you do. You literally, yeah, right, yeah, 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 exactly. I like eating ice cream when I'm watching I do a movie. too. I love eating ice cream when I'm watching a movie. Because, you know, I'll pause it, go get it, like an ice cream <laughs> yes. and bring it back upstairs. Right. And just easy. All the time. Sure. Lick it up. Okay. Mm, okay. okay. That's. I didn't want that answer. But what do you, I got what, do you it. what do you do with ice cream? Though? I know. But I, I swallow it whole. Right. But I don't for even me, let it I only eat ice cream like if I'm out somewhere. I'm like, oh, I'm, this is like an event. I'm getting ice cream. I nor- uh, I like never have ice cream in my house. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So if I go into your fridge right now, there's no ice cream. Well, no. If we go into the freezer, you might find what it. What the? Yeah. See, this is like. Yeah. This is why we can't th- be friends. This is why we're Libras. Yeah. Yeah. What are you again? I'm a god of war. Chickadee or something? I'm chickadee? Chickadee. The worst part is I don't know anything about horoscopes or anything like that. Or what are they called? Zodiacs? Zodiacs. I know about the Zodiac Killer more than I know about Zodiacs. All I know is me and Shay are Libras and we're better. That's what I heard. Whatever you are. I'm not disagreeing, but I'm also not agreeing. Oh. I'm just... What a Pisces thing to do. Is it... Are you Pisces though? Is that what you said? No, Aries. I don't know. Oh, it's such a Capricorn brain. Am I right? <laughs> oh, we have something right again right now. Like, say, you sons of bitches. How dare you? How you? This is such an Aries, and this is what happens when Aries and Your Libra get together. Your chakras are misaligned. <laughs> Your chakras. <laughs> the chi is off balance. Oh, no. Okay. All right. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, that was. That was good. I thought. I saw that. I saw that story. I'm like. One, when are we ever going to have food and wine on the show? Never. Um, and two, I'm like, popcorn's important. It's true. Yeah. It is. I, I couldn't agree more. Let's get into some new dates. And of course, you know, it wouldn't be this <laughs> pandemic without new dates. Of course. So Black Widow is now moving from its November release date over to May 7th, 2021. Now, so- do we think <laughs> this is it? Do we think this is the one? Yeah. Because this is now a year after it's... Right. It's oh, not, more, more than I a year. I don't think it's... Is it more than a year? Yeah, oh, because it was it February? To, it was, no, no, it was supposed to be... April? The first week of May. It was, it was like May 4th. It was taking that Avenger spot. May okay. 7th is not... It's too May, soon. Oh, no, sorry. I thought I was... Uh, sorry, yeah. May 7th, yeah, that's that's like a year after its original date, yeah. So you guys think, you think May 7th is still too soon, eh? Well, it, is, it is coming right after the winter season when, you know... I'm assuming COVID and flu and everything will rise I don't again. Know. Wave two hasn't hit. Right. You Wave know? two hasn't even hit us yet. What is it? What, what do we call it? Wave two endgame? Phase, phase, <laughs> phase two. two Marvel cinematic. Oh, God. Thanos comes in this phase. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm joining Thanos' team. Fuck it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He, that's a Libra thing to do. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to join you on that side. <laughs> I'm not going to join you on that side. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. They should they should have just put this on Disney+. Plus. Dude, just... I think I think Tenet scared the shit out of every studio. Honestly, man. Like, it's it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's doing okay overseas. It's it's approaching 300 million. Okay. Like, worldwide. But, over, like, but in North America, it's only made, I think, what, like, $20 million. And I think studios are seeing that. And they're like, not a chance in hell. Because they literally, hundreds of millions of dollars goes into marketing these movies. And they're just like, no. And if Mulan was, I think, a bigger success, maybe they would have considered it. But I think I think Black Widow would actually be a bigger success on Disney Plus. Yeah, more people will want to watch it. There's also yeah, at least as for what I I understand, more people would have pirated it as well. They would, but also there's less controversy around uh, Black Widow too. I agree, but it's also there's like. I still think it's way less money than they would have. Oh, gotten. for sure, no, way less money. Yeah, and I think there's there's something of again, not that Disney 
plus properties are lesser. But there's uh, there's something to be said with Marvel movies that like most of them make over a billion dollars. Right. So anything less than that, Marvel and Disney's are like, uh, let's not lower. Like we're making Disney Plus content. We're not. Let's not put so this on Disney. I'm, Plus. I'm trying to figure out what is Premier Access gonna be. Is it was it literally just a one time thing? Because it literally so. feels I think like so. It just it 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 seems so silly but, because but they made so much money on Mulan but they but they, we haven't gotten official numbers right. on it yet right and they still didn't they still won't make as much as they would have made yeah in right. but right. Pixar's Soul mm-hmm. hasn't gotten a change yet so there's there's rumors that that's going to go to Disney Plus but we don't know if it's going to be either just put on Disney Plus no that would be or a premiere premiere I would su- access I would suspect a premiere right we'll have to see. Pixar films do do really well, but um, yeah, I mean, we'll just have to see. Yeah. Uh, Death on the Nile bows to the December 18th, 2020 slot, leaving its October 23rd premiere. Uh, West Side Story will launch a year later than expected. This is, this is going from this December 18th to December 10th of 2021. Eternals is now going to be debuting November 5th, 2021, which was, was supposed to be this year, was it It was not? supposed to, so, yeah, before... Black Widow was pushed. Eternals was going to be November right. this year. Now we're done shooting, right? Yeah, they, so we they should been, see a trailer. We we should. <laughs> we should have a trailer at least. But it's now a year away, so we probably won't see a trailer for. If I mean, maybe they'll show us something. But maybe. if you're an executive at Disney mm-hmm. and um, wherever the hell you guys are, Burbank. Warner Brothers and all those other guys, Burbank. I, I want you guys to join our show so oh. we can ask you these questions because I'm just trying to understand. Are you just asking why there's no trailer? No, why? I want to know why there is another. There's no other medium for you guys to deliver content during this crisis, and it's other than well, changing the date or yeah. delaying it even further. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, dude, I think it just it's just coming back to money. Because they they have their revenue streams, they have their projections all made for. This is the content we're putting on Disney Plus. This Netflix is like we're an online distributor. We know exactly how this is going to look like. But Warner Brothers and Disney, who are fully still uh, theater, th- this is a theater experience. We know how much money you're going to make at the box office. That's that's a huge a- aspect of the revenue stream. And I think on the if we're looking at it just as a financial side, they're going to have their investors. They're like, wait, this movie that was supposed to make you a billion dollars, now you're putting on a streaming service, and like they're and but that's the thing, right? Disney's already making money off of the streaming service, so this is this is more money, right? And like even if that, and that's but they're how they're losing money now, sitting on the shelf. Would it not lose more money? Why would it lose money though? But they because they know they could tell their investors, hey, next year when this comes out, this is going to be a billion who, dollars. Who says that I'm going to go see a May seventh, twenty twenty one? Right, but you and a million other people will though, even if you're not there, right? Well, I don't buy, know because that's tickets, that's though. what they said that that's what they said that, you know Tenet was going to be. But but it's a different like right now you you saying we're gonna delay it till twenty twenty one is just just delaying it. Who knows what May seventh for looks sure? Like. It could be it could be worse next virus year. for sure. Coronaviruses can fucking evolve, right? But COVID nineteen could be COVID twenty nine. But they oh, but wow. they only think of it in terms of money. Right, yes, promised money, right? Promised so money. them delaying it is still being like, no, no, no. We could still say this is gonna I make money you. next year. Yeah, I Don't, got you. Guys. Yo, this is an IOU. I got you. <laughs> Mickey's just there, like shaking hands with his white gloves, saying, "Don't worry, you're gonna get your money." But but them putting it on a streaming service is like, okay, shit. And now what happens if movies next year get pushed? Then it's like a weird release with things. And I, I think they just rather keep shifting their schedules rather than it just stings for the fans. Oh, you know, it sucks. At the end of the day, like. 
This is the first year since 2009 that mm-hmm. we haven't had a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Yeah. And 2009 sucked. You know? Uh, what happened in 2009? Exactly. Oh, I graduated high school. That's Awful it. year. Awful year. Yeah. But I, I liked graduating, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, it's yeah. just, uh, it's, it, it sucks. I wish there was a better answer, but I honestly think at the end of the day, it just comes down to money. Yeah, no, it, it, that's it. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings has moved from May 7th to July 9th instead. So just, you know, about really two months off. It's, it's interesting it's coming before Eternals, though. It is. Have they finished shooting it yet, even? Have they even started shooting it? I think yet? They, 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 they started shooting now. They, they, they started production, and then they think they stopped. Yeah, because yeah. it, it felt like it was just gearing up. Yeah, they're shooting it in Australia, so I think mm, they're... Australia, they're... down under. Yeah. yeah. Deep Water, starring Ben Affleck and his new boo, <laughs> Ana de Armas, will no longer open on November 13th of this year. It'll now open on August 13th of 2021. So that's, it's very interesting. It's vacating a Oscar-ish spot yeah. to jump to a... August spot, which we all know is great. I mean, it's, getting, it's getting better now, <laughs> it August, but it's yeah. not there. But that Suicide Squad, uh, that, spot, but that Suicide know? Squad, uh, the King's Man uh, was previously was supposed to be on February twenty sixth of twenty twenty one. Is now moving up early to February twelfth, so it's kind of interesting. This was supposed to be February of this year, was it yes. not? And then it got pushed to right on the deal of you know Disney and yeah. Fox. It got pushed to I think October, September, September, yeah, yeah September, yeah. And then we're in September now, so it's obviously not here. It's not here yet. Um, I don't see it. And, <laughs> and then it was February. God, this movie's sitting on a shelf right now. This movie is, is done. They're just waiting to. It sucks because it's been it's been done. Just yeah, release it's, it. It's another New Mutants. Yeah. Really. I'm, I'm again. I'm curious though. Is this a New Mutants thing again? Where it's like, oh, we have a deal that if it goes streaming, it has to because it's a Fox movie. Did they make a deal saying, oh, this is going to HBO or is this going to? These that streaming was, that deals. Was, that it's was just, a Marvel deal, though. Only. Yeah. No, but but this is still like they could still make those deals for, right, right, for a right. franchise or a movie, right? Yeah. Again, I'm I'm and makes it. I'm just glad now that now that there are so many streaming services that these company, you know exactly where these movies are going to end up yes. now. Because it's like okay, if it's Disney, you can roll the dice. On they're, they're it's going on Disney Plus now. It's mm-hmm. not going to be going to Netflix for six months and then ha- you know it's it's there right. now. So right. yeah. Again, I just want to. I just want I'm, movies now, man. I'm looking forward to television for the next couple of months. Yeah, television, like is movies. A, right now, just I don't know. They left the bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, all the studios. Yeah. Even if it's money and all that, like you were gonna make money off of me, like now you won't. I, I I'm not gonna lie. I, I have a very similar feeling. I, I just feel so burnt by films right now. And I and at the end of the day, I get it. Right. Um. But it's just it's 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 hurtful. Even one 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 film. Just to hold me over till fucking was you know September twenty twenty nine thousand. You know, like just give me one. <laughs> I just yeah. Just, Other than Mulan, yeah. <laughs> give us give one us movie. something that could be like, hey, this is something that you were ready to pay for. Yeah. Now it's gonna you're gonna. I'm I'm hoping, dude. I'm I'm hoping that we we get to a spot where where studios are just like, hey, you know what? Yeah, we'll 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 drop this on HBO Max. So we'll drop this on on disney plus something because like again they're just up against the wall right now. yeah i but i think i think soul like i think pixar soul is going to go disney plus because they didn't announce any changes for mm, it i think so too yeah but I, i'm with you guys like yeah. we're we're in a spot like yeah we, we got to see tenet great but now it's like there's wonder woman's not coming black like james bond is still november yes no way in hell is no. it coming out in november universal really um doesn't really have any of the films this year right if you think about it um they just have bond and they had fast but they pushed that to next year there was a rumor like months ago that universal was going to release bond to 
Apple TV Plus. That would be dope if that happened. Oh my god, could you imagine? Could you imagine that? And I would have lost and, and my the whole mind. back catalog of Bond movies would go on Apple TV Plus. I would have lost my mm. mind. It'd be dope. That's I would have for that's you. like investors would like that. Yeah, and and this is the thing when especially tech companies that have that money just yeah. to shit out. Yeah. Because that, that awful word, <laughs> no, but, but, but that's the right. thing, right? Like when, when we think of studio money, and you think of tech company money, <laughs> it's nowhere it's, near. It's like a drop it's, in the bucket yeah. compared to what they have. So like Apple could literally be like, yeah, we'll pay you back for everything. Just release it on. I was our, like, so how much you guys want? Like a billion? Is that? Is see, that that's where maybe that's <laughs> uh, where Tim Cook just pulls out his wallet, just like flipping through the cash. Like, uh, uh, no, he just uses Apple Tap or Apple Pay. Just yeah. like I'll just send you a billion. Yeah, right now. a billion. It's like no, but isn't it a hundred dollar? We just needed. We just needed like. Like five hundred million. Okay, no, I just I gave you a billion. I I'll give you a billion. Back. You know. Sorry. See, that's where Disney doesn't like. They don't have that backing. Yeah. Because and they don't have. They can't utilize yeah. a tech company to make that. No. To give them that. But Universal. Yeah, I'll take that money. Sure. Right. Because they literally have no stakes well, anywhere. Else. I hope. Because uh, like Disney, when you think of Disney right now too, look at their revenue streams. Disney World is down. They're not yeah. making money at the box office. Disney Plus is literally their primary. Their like unless like. Tell me if I'm wrong. Like, I'm trying to think what else is Disney making money off of right now, aside from merchandise and stuff. Disney parking, you know? <laughs> but like, they're, they're, Disney they're, cruises. They're definitely gi- Disney cruises. You know, like, oh, they're God. giant revenue streams. These are not, they're not seeing You're not, no. the money that you were before, right? So, and that's why they're just like, oh, shit, we got to delay these movies because there's a bunch of other yeah. revenue streams we're not making money off of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you guys think that Google would ever get into the streaming service war? I they don't so. have any original content, but they would have to start with original content. Well, they, you know why they won't? Because they have YouTube. YouTube is their original mm, content. That is true. YouTube, right. YouTube, uh, YouTube, Red, and I always think I always forget. Yeah, that I always too. forget that we're later. Yeah. Um, they technically have a subscription service through there, and they do have their own short films and yeah. original films on I there too. I keep getting ads for that Paris Hilton that one. Paris Hilton one, you're right. You know, that's yeah, you're right. I'm okay, like, My, um, I'm gonna take that back. No, it's okay. I forgive you. Well, I'll forgive myself. Um, but yeah, Bond. It's watch. It's going to happen this week. This week or next week, something's going to drop. Just some, like just some news. Yeah, bonds either being delayed or they're going to be like, "Hey, we're really like if they release it on Apple, Apple TV, TV Plus, that would be punch both of you guys in the face. Okay. That would be so sick." Or Apple buys, Apple just buys Bond, or Apple buys Universal. Is, is Universal <laughs> shopping it around. Like, I mean, sorry, is Universal I don't know. shopping Bond around because I mean, Sony shopped it to Universal. Well, because their their contract. So we'll look. We should look into this. We'll look into this. Um, Universal got the rights for Bond because Sony's expired, mm-hmm. and the what is it? The Broccoli family or whatever the broccoli that, family. that owns Bond. Yeah, did a deal with Universal, but I don't know how many films Movies. that's for. But I also don't know if it's just to distribute No Time to Die. So it's possible that the Bond rights are up. But yeah, because there was a rumor a while ago that like Bond was the rights for Bond was Apple was looking into that. Hmm. That'd be cool, like, because that'd be awesome content to pattern. Bond is it, it? It works with Apple. Yeah, it's like it it's, does it's it's that, because of that technology. Feel. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. just like that that like you, that's so recognizable that brand, and we want. Like, it's like when they partner with the Beatles, because it's like it's iconic content, and you want that Apple logo beside it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I agree. It's cool. Mm. Bond is cool. I think Apple, <laughs> I want it. I think, will it I to think Apple now. either buys Universal. Oh God, I mean they're owned by Comcast, right? Yeah. Oh no, Cap. Capcom, Capcom. <laughs> I think they are. Yeah, they are. Comcast NBC Universal company. is yeah. uh, a Comcast they company. Are, yeah. so that, they have to buy the whole, the whole enchilada. Much, yeah. <laughs> Apple's like, we don't want that. Yeah, but if they I sell Universal, even selling it, you know, I don't or think Sony. Gonna... You think Apple will buy Sony? No, no, no. Because it would be they, the they, Apple Sony PlayStation, does Android. You know. But you know, things change. Things do change. You're right. Like, we could wake up tomorrow. Sony's and, yeah. out, like you always hear. They're always in debt. They're always in debt. Yeah. Yeah. 
it'd be cool i mean this is the thing we're going to get bond news soon because we're going we're heading into a month before this movie is supposed to release when was is it end of november or beginning of november i think it's the 27th 27th so like we're come we're approaching the window where marketing is really going to amp up, amp up yeah. right we it's, just got a new trailer not long ago either right? right so so we'll see speaking of trailers Trailers, trailers, trailer. That was great. I didn't even. I didn't even finish trailers. I just no. went trailer. And then he was trailed like, off. And Anthony's cheeks were puffed during that. He was just like kind of off in the distance, like whoop, whoop. And then he came in for the last one. <laughs> so we got a trailer for WandaVision. We got a trailer for The Crudes, A New Age, Supernova, The Queen's Gambit, and Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. So let's talk about the one that everyone wants to talk about here today, The Crudes, yeah, A New the Age. Crudes. New uh, Age. No, the WandaVision. What did you guys think of the WandaVision trailer? Dope trailer. Dope it's trailer. Really cool I enjoyed trailer. it. Yeah, I, yeah. I really love the character of Scarlet Witch and Vision, and I just think that... You know, they said that this movie is going to lead into the sure. Doctor Strange. Sorry, the show is going to lead into. See, that's the quality of that show. There you go. It looks good. Uh, that this is going to lead into Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is all taking place inside Wanda's head. Yeah, Vision's alive. Catherine Han and Han is in it. She looks awesome and freaky in it. Um, I just love how it's going through all the different TV show kind of eras from the mm-hmm. 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. I, 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 it looks great. Mm-hmm. It looks yeah. really good. What happened to Vision? He Thanos died, like him. he killed him. He he died, right? Thanos yeah. pulled the uh, mind stone, the out, mind of stone out of his out of his head. But I guess there's some sort of entity within Wanda, or yeah, she they, believes he's alive. Yeah, so he becomes alive because they come from this. So like Wanda's powers came from the mind stone because right. that was inside Loki's scepter. Let me just put on my glasses here. <laughs> well, she's not a mutant uh, anymore, but she the, is. They may call her. I don't know. They uh, they weren't allowed to use mutants, so they just called them. Yeah. Uh, Freaks. I re- <laughs> miracles. I remember reading the book where they had to dis- like say they're not mutants. Right. It's like, okay. Because they were owned by Fox and yeah. now they're mutants again. So I'm like, mm, yeah, because there, there was a whole, there was a time at Disney where like, we're just not doing anything with X-Men. Right. Or Fantastic Four. We're just not doing anything that Fox owns. We're only focusing on our stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, it looks great. Yeah. It looks, it looks like it's taking place all with inside her head. Um, Who's the villain? Is it her herself, or is there a villain that we just don't know about? I don't think we know yet. I don't know. Catherine Hahn is like rumored to be playing like this witch character as well too, so it could be her. Um, it could just be. Uh, we saw like the government agency, which people are saying like could be Sword, um, that girl that kind of blasted through like the portal. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the daughter. Yes. From Captain Marvel. Yeah. Monica Rambeau's daughter. Mm-hmm. So she's older now because it's not the nineteen nineties. There's a lot happening in this trailer. What do you think of it, Trey? I, I liked it, too. I thought it was really cool. I liked how it went through all those different uh, uh, time periods. So I thought that was really neat. But yeah, no, I thought it was... Uh, like, I'm excited. Like, it, it literally... You're absolutely right. It looks like it has the caliber of the movies. And it looks like it's in line with the MCU perfectly. So I'm excited because I, I want to get this as soon as possible. This Did year. Put a date on it, though, officially. Uh, uh, December. December? Yeah. Okay, cool. So it's the only piece of Marvel Cinematic Universe content we're getting this year. Because <laughs> Falcon and Winter Soldier is next year now. I know. And I was really excited for that one, too. Yep. But yeah, I you know what? I, I love Elizabeth Olsen. I love Paul Bettany. Um, so I'm excited for this. Yeah. And we yeah. saw Catherine Hahn at uh, TIFF last we year, We did. Too. We did see her. This... Last, last year, year. Oh yeah. Last God. Year. Remember, we were we were standing there, and then and like, she just popped out, and then we're like, "Oh, oh we'll move. We're sorry. Well, I'm so sorry, Catherine." 
Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, I think that's, there's no other chilies. No. Uh, the Croods, <laughs> a new age. I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't know they were making a sequel to The Croods. I've never seen The Croods. I'm not uh, well versed in that Emma universe. Emma Stone and Nick Cage. Yeah. You guys seen The Croods? No. 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 No, no. So it's going to, I'm just going to skip right past that one. <laughs> uh, I, I want to talk about Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. So this, this trailer came out today, I believe, right? Yeah. At uh, Tokyo Game Show. Yeah. And this is Tokyo um, Game Show. Tokyo Game Show. <laughs> And this is based on the Resident Evil series, of course, of video games, but it's CG animated and it looks pretty cool. And it's yeah, on Netflix still... next yeah. year. Looks like cutscene type of material yeah, yeah, that you yeah. would find in the game. So I always like that. I always I like I like that type of caliber of of um, storytelling animation. and yeah. animation because um, you could do cool stuff in it. Right? Yeah, lighting and and character animation and just the movement of these of these yeah. characters. And looks you very can't scary really too. capture when it's live action, right? Um, but and it looks really scary. Yeah. When do we know when this just says next, next year? year. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I, there's like like what you're saying there. There's a, that that kind of like that disbelief, like expand, like extending your disbelief. Like you can because you're like you're. It's not trying to look like it's real people, mm-hmm. but yeah. it still looks great. So you're yeah. just like, yeah, I'm like, it's I'm a just really good animation. I'm just yeah. I'm just in here. My I, my disbelief is suspended while watching mm, this. I believe that. Yeah. Let's get into what we're watching, Anthony. What about you? So this week I am watching The Boys, and I think this was episode five. Episode five, which I think was the best episode of this season this year. I think episode five was fantastic. A lot of um, storytelling. Um, We got to see who Lamplighter is. For those of you who are watching, I was I wanted to know who Lamplighter always. I was so who played him, and then now it was revealed. Um, Sean Ashmore, <laughs> Sean Ashmore, <laughs> opposite of you know his Iceman. Iceman. Ice I feel like that, they did it on purpose, right? Probably. Um, and you understood Frenchie's backstory more, yeah, because of his his he was supposed to be following Lamplighter yeah. when the tragic events happened. Also funny because uh, I've been like his Golden Girls just got added to Amazon. Like Amazon Prime, and I was watching it this week. Yeah, and then, they and then they, it was like the theme song and everything, and Golden Girls was playing right. in the show. I'm like, damn, Amazon just knows. Yeah, so I thought that was you know really really well done. Um, I started watching the third day with Jude Law. Oh, nice! This is a HBO series. Mm-hmm. Um, I debated that one. It's an interesting story. Um, Jude plays a character named Sam who's brought to an island with some strange characters and this island is only accessible through um, a causeway do you know what a causeway is no it's a it's a road that is submerged underwater during different types different during different times of day Mm -hmm. Um, and it kind of pops up and then it goes depending on the tide it disappears and it's the only way into this island so he gets trapped there in certain times of day but then he starts to interact with uh, the characters on this island, and it, it feels very similar to like a a midsummer type oh, really? of storyline yeah. where you know there's a there's a cult of people that live on this island that that are strange and they okay. have weird things that they uh, that they do. do? Oh. Um, and Judas, he's doing he's dealing with his own turmoil. <laughs> Said Judas. Uh, Judas. <laughs> he has like stuff that's happening in his life at the time of of him being on this island, and he's trying to. Um, just deal with all. So is it like a psychological horror thriller? Yes. There's also a lot of like dream manifestation. So a lot of like very artistic Mm. uh, film, like artsy, artsy Artsy type of 
type of mm. cinematography feels very similar to a Terrence Malick film. Interesting. Oh. Okay. It's very like, enough said. The camera is like super like no social distancing between you and Jude Law. Why said Terrence Malick? Uh, Jude Law is like like you're he's in inside it with the always you're inside of close up yeah. weird angles, very similar to like a, a fisheye type of mm. look. But it's I like Jude Law. I I think he's one of the most underrated actors out for there. sure him and colin farrell I, I always think of them together because they're so good yeah but they always pick weird roles sometimes yeah um so i don't like right now it's it's an interesting story i don't know how i feel about it because i'm only two episodes in um but i'll keep watching and i'll keep t- letting you guys know keep us updated. um i put on love lovecraft country uh episode i want to say six or seven one of the best episodes of the of the series yeah this like I can't believe you guys haven't seen this. Like, so I one, did thirty minutes. You did thirty minutes. One the other day, um, but uh, my girlfriend was sleeping, oh. and I had to kind of raise up the volume. And I was like, "Okay, I'm not enjoying this when she's asleep beside me, so I'm just gonna watch it another day." But uh, probably tonight, actually, maybe or maybe yeah. that or the the Comey show, which actually just came yeah, out. Yeah, the, the too. Comey rule. So no, like sorry. I yeah, no? Comey's okay, an interesting okay. story, but like this, you gotta watch. You guys no, no, gotta watch sure. this for because sure. this is a type of story that you have never seen either in film or in television it's like a blend of you can feel it jordan peele's like horror with jj abrams with jj abrams sci-fi sci-fi uh effects driven you know epic tale and they're being tied together and there's a mature storyline to it where it deals with racism sex um poverty uh all types of different stereo not stereotypes but all different types of stories that us mature audience would enjoy right plus all these crazy things that are happening in right. this world i i the closest thing i can think of is very similar to like an indiana jones meets um super eight okay interesting okay cool Curious. uh raised by wolves they continue to watch uh the chef show they've added some new episodes the first episode is with christina totsi who is the chef for milk bar yep oh. i love her i love like we have a milk bar in toronto yeah. and within Momofuku. i don't know if it's open again i don't know if it is i don't think i went so. to the one in new york yeah we went to Loved the one it. in new york yeah, but right. i love going there her cornflake cookie is so the good. best and i'll like once a month i'll just go down park my car go get some <laughs> to new york milk, milk bar cookie <laughs> cookies at uh um, I wonder if still open because I, I would 100 go again. crack pie. Well, they don't call it mm. crack pie anymore. They used to call it crack pie, yes. but it was so good. And I, I even ordered like a birthday cake from there. I love her. Like, just she was talking about how she makes cookies. And you get, they're like literally scientists. Well, oh, you can only add sure. this amount, this amount of cornflakes. We have to add baking soda and uh, baking powder, baking powder, because that. Increases the uh, the acid inside that Dude, allows it's, you to, it's chemistry, like, man. It's chemistry. Like I just want to make this, but yeah. when you talk it, when you talk about that, I can't. Like I yeah. just, I just, I'll rather buy it from you. Right. So yeah, I, I put that on. Um, interesting show because the chef show is like we were talking about. It's Daniel. It's like every couple of months they'll release episodes, but it's numbered. Yeah, it's weird like it's like, and it's like season one, volume one, volume two, volume three, season two, volume one. I'm like this. this but it's like just two years episode. apart, three yeah. years apart. You think there's third season? Yeah, it's really weird how they organize it. Um, I put on a new show on Netflix called Love on the Spectrum, and this is it's it's a endearing um story about um autistic couples mm. or uh people with who are on the spectrum trying to find 
Love. Love. That's nice. And it's it's cute and it's funny and it's sad because you, you don't realize you know, like the trouble. Is it reality-based? It is reality-based. Um, but I think for those who like reality shows, right. I would put this on. It's It's actually a really interesting story to learn about their troubles trying to find a relationship sure. and just what they go through and finding love. And it's, right. it's so sad. Some of these stories that they tell and it's, you, you're laughing because, you know, they have their own characteristics and they have these personas that they put on screen and they're just right. innocent. It's all innocent, um, lovable people That's awesome. that you want to know about. And then I put on console wars, which we did a review on. Yes. Um, really enjoyed it. Go watch it if we, whenever it comes out. I know we have CBS All Access here in Canada, but I don't know if it'll be on there. But uh, get it however you get it. Yep. Daniel, what about you? Uh, so this week I've been watching a, a bunch of things. So I started watching The Mandalorian again. I watched the first two episodes uh, just because I'm going to try and build up to the season two release. Uh, I watched Whiplash, but I didn't watch the full movie. I actually watched the short film that uh, uh, Damien Chazelle made with uh jk simmons to get i guess funding f- to make the actual full-length feature so like on it just got upgraded to 4k on apple tv so i was like let me see how this looks it looks great I was watching some bonus features and i watched a short film which again it's a very it's a, almost a it's a line for line scene from it actually eventually makes the movie um with him kind of like getting angry and doing the slapping of a cow am i rushing am i dragging like that whole scene like that's where it comes from what a, what a performance jk simmons gives in that movie it's just amazing um console wars obviously we spoke about the boys uh father of the bride part three ish they had like a, a netflix slash youtube reunion where they did like mm-hmm. a zoom call type of thing and the whole all the cast came back so it was kind of nice to see and it was to benefit uh charity as well ted lasso i can't say enough good things about the show absolutely adore the show if you have apple tv plus if you have a trial available um watch the show um i know shay's fallen in love with it now oh, too oh my god um Brilliant show. Absolutely love it. And I've been watching a bunch of like Halloween themed uh, Halloween stuff. So Halloween Town, Halloween Town 2, and that watch Halloween th- Town 3, Halloween Town High. Halloween Town High. Halloween Town High. Um, and there should be some Golden Girls sprinkled in there. So I'm like, oh, of I want to watch some Golden Girls throw it back. Um, but what I want to talk about this week Enola Holmes. Enola Holmes. Mm. Enola Holmes. So this is a Netflix original film starring Millie Bobby Brown, Henry Cavill. And I forget who plays Mycroft in this Sam movie. Something. Sam something. Samuel L. Jackson. And, yes. <laughs> it and, is him. And Helena Bonham Carter plays uh, Mrs. Holmes, the, the mother of Sherlock Mycroft and uh, Enola. Um, this was a great movie. I was not expect. So when we first got the trailer, I'm like, oh, this looks really fun. Uh, it's very, um, like, we're going to reference the... Sam Claffin. Thank you. Uh, she references the audience. She like looks to the audience, breaking that fourth wall. Millie Bobby Brown is absolutely great as, as Enola. She has like the spunk and this like, yes, I'm a I'm a younger person in this Holmes family, and and my older brother is Sherlock, who's played by Henry Cavill, and like my brother's all successful, and like she's kind of like the forgotten one in the family. So she it's it's like this almost like young adult coming of age movie for mm-hmm. her. She goes on her adventure. She kind of leaves home trying to find her mom. Because uh, one day she wakes up and her mom's gone, um, and it's great. Like it, you would think it would kind of fall into these normal tropes of like, oh, she's going to meet this boy and fall in love, but it's not that at all. It's like right. literally just through and through an adventure movie, and she's great in it. And it's it's just one of those. Movies I'm like, damn, like this was actually 
really well made. Yeah. I yeah. kept thinking the whole time, too, as well, because I watched it myself. I'm like, oh, she's going to fall in love yeah. here. Or when, she, when's it going to become When's it going to become when's this? Gonna fall into that? And then, you know, when the end sequence is occurring, I was very surprised as to the turn that it was taking. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I also love Henry Cavill, I think. Oh, he's just, great. He's so charming in whatever he does. And, you know, he wears a lot of clothes in this movie, which I didn't like, you know, yeah. prefer him shirtless. But, right. Um, that, yeah. scene, that scene when he's leaving the, the police station... Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of like, yeah. he's like, ha, and he like laughs like, himself. I'm it. like, oh, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. And like, and it makes me like, as soon as it finished, I'm like, damn, I would watch another one of them. I, I would think, watch. And it looks like they are setting something up there. Yeah. And I feel like it'll be successful enough to do it because it's getting good buzz. Yeah. And great reviews. And, you know, Millie Bobby Brown, she, she did such a great job in this film. Yeah. I absolutely enjoyed her in this movie. So yeah, I, I definitely say it's a watch it. Yeah. Watch it easily. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Shabazz. What Take us home. Me? I watched the social dilemma. This is a oh man. It's like a it's a documentary. Seeing on, it everywhere. Yeah, it's on yeah. documentary on Netflix. Mm-hmm. But there's also um like a a movie sort of sprinkled into there, uh, which in the beginning I wasn't such a fan of. But then later on, it it kind of made sense as to how it was happening. Uh, but it's actually very good, and I, I definitely recommend watching it. It I'm not one to you know I'm not a into conspiracy theories or listening, but there's a lot of things that I, I was paying attention into this. I was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. I get why we get these ads. I get all this stuff. So it's definitely one that's interesting to watch. And I'd, I'd definitely recommend it to watch it. If you guys do get a chance, it's, it's a very easy watch. I'd literally just, I was eating food and I put it on and I ended up finishing the whole thing. So it's great. Is it depressing at all? No, I didn't think it was depressing. No, should okay. I? No, uh, I, no just it's, cause I heard I, it's I just, like really like eye opening, eye opening to how, opening. It's, how it's, social media can like, I have been, you using my phone differently for sure since i watched it well that's a good thing yeah it's it's definitely changed i i I guess i'm more analytical now when i'm using my phone and how i'm using my phone um you know i'm typing something in before i'd be like oh yeah you know they listen to me but now i'm like oh man like this is this is too much of a coincidence and there's and again the people that they have in in the show they're people that worked for these companies and they weren't like, you know, it wasn't developer one. It was like, Hey, I was a COO of Google or blah, blah, blah. So they have these big time people in there. So I definitely Mm -hmm. recommend watching it. Um, Whether it's going to change you on any side of, you know, the technology spectrum, I, I don't know. Um, but it's it, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, you'll go vegan after this. It's right. just like, yeah, yeah, you know, like it may open your eyes because at the end of the day, we still rely on them a lot. And a lot of the times the, the people that are in the show, they're like, listen, we know the shit that's happening out there, but we still can't stop using right. our phones. We still can't stop doing this. We've so opened not, that box already. Hey, yeah, right. so we, we're not saying stop. We're just saying like, keep aware of this. And right. I think that's what it's made me do now sure. is be more aware. That's cool. Uh, I'm not putting tape on my cameras. That's what I'm not going to do. No. Yeah. Uh, I watched Console Wars, of course, which you have a review up. I watched Ready or Not, kind of gearing up for the Halloween season, just like... Uh, Halloween. Halloween, just like Daniel has said. I finished Ghost of Tsushima finally. Nice. Absolutely love this game. Uh, I can't wait to go platinum on it. Um, yeah, really good story. Uh, there's definitely some repetitiveness to the gameplay and things like that, but overall, the gameplay is so fun and the story goes goes in such good ways that i loved it love ted lasso the last episode was fantastic the boys i'm absolutely enjoying uh watch rogue one a star wars story and of course we talked about enola holmes as well so that's it for this week right that's not all daniel <laughs> oh boy we still have a topic of the show it's been a while it's been a while. I knew you were going to sing it, too. Because you looked at I, me and you I'm wanted like, me to it, say it. Sing it. Sing it. Uh, we're going to talk about David Fincher's Seven. David Fincher. Mr. Finch. Finchy. 
Finchtastic. I heard he doesn't like being called Finchy. You, where'd you hear that from? From David well, himself. He's actually calling the show oh. right now. Oh, Mr. Fincher? Mr. Finch? Okay, don't call you Finchy. Okay. Uh, Dave and Finch is what I call him. Uh, Just like Dane and <laughs> Finch. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little Ontario or Toronto That's joke, great. I guess. Um, so, I don't get it. Do you really not get it? <laughs> Don't smile at us like that. Don't smile. Don't give me the, well, I don't get it smile, well, but I get it. What's happening with Seven this week, Shay? So Seven has turned the great age of 25. Let me find out what the I, anniversary I, is for you. I feel like it was older than that, but I guess... I guess you're wrong. I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> like, I feel like Seven came out when I was seven. Well, it didn't. It came out in 1995. Yeah, I was 10. You were 10. Mm. Yeah. Uh, silver anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, seven silver. Oh, silver. Seventy-seven. <laughs> seven. Now, now we're gonna have a list for the rest <laughs> of this episode. So, David Fincher Seven it is that film for me personally. The one that you know it really got me into movies. I've always loved movies. I've always you know had such an appreciation for them. But after watching Seven, that's when I was like, okay. I need to get in this industry. I need to figure out how I can talk about films or just be a part of films because this it absolutely changed my mind. How old were you when you watched it, Jay? Oh, I think I was like 12. Way younger than I should have been, right. for sure. So tell yeah. us the story of your first watching it. Yeah, it was it was my birthday, um, I think for my 12th birthday. And <laughs> let me invite all my friends, seven of my friends over. I had seven of my friends over. I all gave a them box? a sin. <laughs> I'm like, your pride, your lust. <laughs> Gluttony, come on! <laughs> and I was like, I'm envy. No, uh, we just had my friends over, and I, I was that kid for birthday parties that always picked the most intense. Everyone else was picking like I don't know Pokemon 2000, and I'm over here picking. Crash. Hey guys, have you watched Crash oh, lately? Uh, I think so that when I first met you, you told me that I did, and I was like, like Hi, I'm, I'm that guy. I invited people to my 10th birthday to watch Crash. And I'm like, what? and you were like, Wait, Why? which Crash? Not what the not the not the Cron- not the no, no, no. one. No, the I would have been. I would have come to that birthday party you wouldn't have wanted to come to my birthday party if it was playing that cra- Cronenberg's crash yeah that would okay. be fucked up no, this, is, this, is, this is the Paul uh, Thomas Anderson one? no um, Paul not Greengrass Paul oh God, crash um, didn't it win best picture too it did it did win best picture uh, what's his name 2006 right but it's Paul Paul House Paul Greengrow no no not Paul Haggis Paul Haggis that's it yeah he's Canadian Haggis. is he Canadian yeah he's from he is Canadian Waterloo yeah. or Kitchener mm-hmm. he's from that's London the same London place. same London. thing London is close to Waterloo it is and Kitchener's right there, too. No, Kitchener's on the other side. Kitchener and Waterloo are the same place. Kitchener-Waterloo? I don't fucking K-W, know. KW, K-Dubs. I don't know these places in Shout Ontario. Out K-Dubs. K- Shout out to K-Dubs. Shout out to K-Dubs. So, yeah, you know what? I watched that film, and it absolutely changed my mind, and I, and I loved it. The film is about two detectives, um, Detective Mills and Detective... Somerset? Somerset. I, I was going to... I was going to call them after our film. Oh, that's why. Uh, that's film? why. Oh, Mills uh, and uh, Russo. <laughs> I literally was like, hold on, no, no, that's not it. Detective uh, Somerset, played by uh, Brad Pitt and Samuel L. Jackson. I'm just kidding. No, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. But, and I was going to say, there goes to show you how much this film influenced us that we named a character in a film that we made right after this movie. Seven. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're in a you know an unnamed city, and I think that's what's the, the beauty of this film and there are these murders happening, and there's a passing of the torch. <laughs> Beauty of this film. Murders happening. <laughs> there's all murders happening. And there's a passing of the torch, so, you know, Detective Somerset, a.k.a. Um, uh, Morgan Freeman, he is, you know, retiring because he's seen too much, and he's kind of just over it, and 
Detective Mills, aka Brad Pitt, is kind of coming in to, to take over. But they get involved in these series of killings and murders that are occurring in the city that all are tied together by the seven deadly sins. Um, and it's such a well-written story. And I know it's been 25 years, but I, I mean, we can talk about the twists. We can talk about the ending. Sure. Um, it's up to you guys. Um, I, I guess, like, even for myself, like, this is the film I always... Like my blockbuster, my original blockbuster that I went to had posters for this on the on the wall, well into the two thousands. Like it's just always like that poster, like the kind of like biblical looking one of like Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt, like yes. with like the scratches on and everything like that. I remember seeing that all the time. Like it's like one of those vivid memories you have. Um, but I never watched this movie until I watched it with you for the first time, yes. Shay. No it, shit. In twenty fourteen. Wow. Yeah. yeah. For my birthday. I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, so I remember you're like, like, dude, this was one of my favorite movies. Watch it. And I remember, like, like obviously, like, we're going to get into spoilers here. Yes. Um, but it's also one of the first films that we ever spoke about for, like, review mm-hmm. as well, too, because we literally watched it. And then we're like, we recorded a review that maybe is on YouTube somewhere, somewhere still. Somewhere, maybe. Like, like a video review? There's a video review of it way back then. Where we we use puppets, though. No, it's gonna be, it, uh, uh, and this is a gluttony puppet. Like, uh, <laughs> no, it's just, it's just funny. And I remember like wa- watching and being like, it's Kevin Sp-. Like, And again, I was, luckily enough, I never had this movie spoiled for me. Yeah. And it's like one of those movies that are like, oh, you don't know like the twist, you don't know the turns. Like, I didn't know Kevin Spacey was in it. And I heard the voice like on the phone. I'm like, oh, that kind of like there's a scene in the movie. I'm like, oh, that kind of, is that Kevin Spacey in it? And you're just like, shut the fuck up, dude. Just watch the movie. Like, no, I, I definitely didn't say that. I you, was like, listen, man. You're like, I love no, you. dude. He's not in this movie. <laughs> another, you what? You want another white man in this movie? I think <laughs> is what you said to me. I'm like, oh no. How dare you? Um, but yeah, and then I watched it, and I just remember my mind being blown. And then I went home and watched it again that night. Yeah. And then I watched it again that weekend with my family, and I'm like, family, well, look at this messed up movie. And there's still, again. Kevin Spacey as a human being, absolute garbage. We're not talking about that. Okay, but no, no, yeah, that, no that's yes, yes. we're not talking about him. But like his performance in this film is so bone chilling. It's so harrowingly scary that when he walks into that police station and he just gives that detective, and then just says, "You're looking for me." Yeah, it's so bone chillingly scary that I'm literally getting like goosebumps thinking mm-hmm. about it. But like. It kind of, and you could see like the influence that other film, like I think about the Joker and the Dark Knight, and there's a lot of similarities there, just of how like this this wild card character that he's at the end of the day, this is just a man, this is just a human, but he is so scary, he's so sinister, you never know what his next move is going to be, and that's what this movie gives you, like he makes you believe that anything could be possible, mm-hmm. that he could do, he could get to you, he could do whatever he wants, mm-hmm. and it's such it's such a great movie, and man, 25 years of it, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I used to remember seeing it like on the TV Guide channel, mm-hmm. and, and it used to be spelt the S E with seven. a seven E N. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell is this stupid movie? Like, why is it called? <laughs> it's probably what's dumb. it called? Se- seven in? Like, what? What? What is this movie? But, yeah, I thought Andy the branding was, was so. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's 1995, so man. They just uh, they did whatever they want. And that branding still sticks. Yep. You know when you look at it and fan four stick. You know. Um, I don't remember exactly when I watched it. I I was very young. I think probably the year after, 11 or 12, watching Seven. Um, it was, I think it was like something my mom put on and I kind of sat down and watched. Um, and it was, it was such an interest. it was, 
I didn't know who David Fincher was. Of course. Like, you didn't know. But he, there was this... There's something about this film, the way it was shot, and the way the story was told, that it just grips you. And when you're introduced to Kevin Spacey's character, and how evil he is, and just all the, the elements that lead you up to who who why he was committing the crimes and how he was connected to these detectives on a personal note how he knew they were following him and how you know gwyneth paltrow's character i forgot her name uh gwyneth paltrow's character gets gets caught into this whole situation and it's always raining in that city. Yeah, like, it's always just, dark. And he, there was there's never a name for the city either. Her name was Tracy. Tracy. And there's this. I remember this scene where they're in the they're in the the locker room and they're shaving and it was just warm. Like you can see like the, the hot water coming off and yeah. Morgan Freeman's shaving. They're talking about you know what's what's the next steps and all that. And I'm like, man, there's nothing I've visually seen that looks so good. Yeah. Without CG, there's mm-hmm. like a grit to this movie. They're just like, holy shit, that is yeah. atmosphere. That is pro- like the production design. It's like detective design, you know? noir on a whole nother level. You know? Um, and that was Fincher. And, and, that's, that was Fincher. and that's that's such a staple of like what we've seen him go on to do. Yeah. It's just unreal. Oh my it's God. this eeriness to his filmmaking is is unbelievable. Like Every time you watch any of his films, there's some weird, spooky, uneasy feeling that you get from it. He, either, either, he likes to make the audience feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman's chemistry on set and just together, fantastic. You wouldn't fantastic. Ex- you wouldn't expect this from Brad Pitt no. at that time, um, but man, what a performance for both of them. Um, but Kevin Spacey stealing yeah. the show. Uh, I I really love Seven. I've watched it many many times. You've already talked about all the great points, except we have to talk about the ending. Yeah, and do. do you want to lead us into it? Um, no, okay. <laughs> what an ending! Become wrath. What an ending. Um, yeah, I feel like the, I I want to say the story takes place in California or New York or New York. Well, there's a desert. We're in we're in New York. Is there? A or like, desert? you, you yeah. don't know the New York desert? Yeah. yeah, no, it definitely has like that. But like when you're in the city, though, it feels very like is this yeah. like Los Angeles? Los Angeles. It, it does. It has New a York, Los Angeles like, vibe to it, or like a. New York vibe, but right. I feel more closer it's just to Los this Angeles. Unnamed city, right? Yeah. Before before we get to the very ending, though, I just want to talk about the very beginning. Oh yeah. So the title sequence that starts this movie. Ooh. Kyle Cooper is the name of the the person who Great made that opening. Yes. Um, and basically, he created one of the most terrifying opening opening sequences to a movie that. Literally, and he and he's done title sequences. He did Spider Man. He did Dawn of the Dead. So he's gone on to do a lot of big title sequences. And Zack Snyder, who we were talking about earlier, said that you know some that like uh, that some directors refuse to work with him because he makes title sequences better than the movies. And I'm like, and did you do the title sequence for um, the girl with the dragon tattoo? I don't know. Actually, let's. I'm going to look into that. I felt we, like that was probably one of the. Best title sequence. Again, that another was a, terrifying that was like a one. Bond film esque. Yes, but it was yeah, terrifying. With bondage in it. Bondage <laughs> in it. Also, the writer of the film, Andrew Kevin Walker. Yep. You know, he he went on to write Eight Millimeter and Sleepy Hollow and um, I think The Wolfman. So, not the greatest yeah. films after, but yeah, still like but, he uh, hit gold with yeah. this one. Oh well, yeah, he did. And uh, the music in the opening is also Nine Inch Nails. Who it is. David and, Fincher went on to work with Trent Reznor. Yep. Um, for his later films, they were all yeah. scored by him. So, 
Yeah, uh, I'm going to get you Kyle Cooper's title sequences. <laughs> he did Pacific Rim Uprising. He Ooh. did Star Trek Discovery. He did mm-hmm. American Horror Story Cults, uh, Kong Skull Island, uh, The Great Wall. American. He did the American Horror Stories. He did Limitless, uh, Godzilla, Godzilla, Iron Man 3. Oh, Iron Man 3 had a great one, too. He did, yeah. The Walking Dead, Incredible Hulk, Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater. That was uh, on GameCube, right? No, no that, that was Twin Snakes. PS2. Um, Dawn of the Dead, yeah. Oh, Sons of Liberty, he did. Um, oh. Wild Health West, the '90s Avengers, like Nightwatch. So he's ha- oh, Flubber, oh, wow. Donnie Brasco, Mission Impossible, like the 1996 one. So like nice. the first one, love that one. Uh, so he's gone. Oh, he did Home Alone as well. So I mean, this guy's done wow. a lot of incredible title sequence. We should try and get him on the show. We should try to get him on the show. Um, but yeah, like what an open, what a way to set off this movie with him just kind of like. Cutting the film and cutting like the shaving his skin off, shaving the skin, the fingerprint, writing in his journals with, uh, with the razor blades. Like what a what an unsettling way to start the movie. Mm-hmm. But that music, but too. it's such a David Fincher way of start starting. Yeah, because but, it's but like that's let's how it, that's set how this it started, uneasy right? tone to Fincher loves his title sequences. Right. Yeah, and but, he makes them amazing. Yeah, and this is where I guess it all started because I, I, Alien Three. Yes. So yeah. I mean, this is his first film since Alien Three. Yeah. I, mean, I don't. I don't blame him for Alien Three. No, no I, I don't either. Do I. It's not. It, it was just. I think he was given an opportunity to make a movie, and he took it. And, and then it just like that's the only film in his arsenal of films that is not like yeah any of us is like they always have this similar tone. Alien Three doesn't feel like a David Fincher oh. film, but it is also his first film. Yeah, and he almost quit films after that. This the Seven yeah. was the movie that brought him back into the fold and. Here we are talking about it now 25 years later. And I mean, at the end of the day, like, he also has directed some of the most popular music videos of all time also yeah. as well. You know, Who Is It by Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think he did Vogue by Madonna as well. Madonna as well, yeah. So he's he has a huge repertoire. And then when you look Soon at... Tai. Soon and Tai. Soon <laughs> exactly. Yeah. When you look at um, how uh, Alien 3 came about, that was... It was pure... Pure studio interference, right? For sure. Like that yeah. young director, young studio director, telling him what to do. Advantage of him, and, right. and Fincher's not a guy, the kind of guy you want to push around. But on the first film, he's probably going to get pushed around a bit. Right, he's not going to have much to say. Um, coming on to a movie like Seven, again, we we can't say enough good things about this movie. Um, but yeah, let's definitely get into the the ending of this film. So so far, from what's what in the box? Exactly. So what we've seen so far in this movie is, you know, Kevin Spacey has not really been killing people but he's kind of made it his mission to to address the sins of the world and in, in the people that he sees in, in the day-to-day and i think there's that line in the film when they're taking him finally to the desert where he's like you know this will be talked about and studied for years yeah um you can't just you know tap people on the shoulder anymore you got to hit him with a hammer right and and i think it's such it's so important because this movie has been talked about for years and it's been studied because of the narrative storytelling that goes on. So we find out that there's a bunch of these, you know, murders and, you know, things that have happened again. It's almost as if the character of John Doe has not really given these people a choice. Right. So he hasn't killed them, but he's almost assisted in murdering them in some ways. Um, But we find out that there's still two more bodies left Mm -hmm. or two more sins to two more sins. Sorry. To account for two more sins to account for. And, you know, he has the body somewhere, is what he says. You finally get to this this ending sequence where it turns out that 
you know, while John Doe was committing all these, he ended up committing a sin himself, and that was envy. He was envious of of Brad Pitt's life, of, of you know, his beautiful wife and the fact that he was going to be a father. But also, he knew that what Brad had was wrath within him. He had this anger because he had this short temper, and you see it when, you know, Kevin Spacey shows up as the photographer to take pictures of them. Right. But it turns out that, you know, as, as long as he kills Tracy, he, he cuts off her head and you know, puts it in the box, and that's where we get the infamous... What's in the box? Yeah, it was that you know, you know Samuel Jackson. Sorry, Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Freeman. We, I said Samuel Jackson so many said, times today. Um, Morgan Freeman um, telling him, "Don't do it. Don't, don't, uh, don't, uh, don't, don't let him get win. into it. Yeah, or don't let what, him win. Don't let him win." Yeah, and that sequence at the end. You you can see there's a helicopter yeah you circling get, over circling like, over that over cam overhead camera shot you're just your pulse is racing tense. and Morgan Freeman's running towards because he knows what's inside the box yeah. and he doesn't want Brad to do it and fuck he does it he does it he blows him away he becomes wrath he shoots yeah. him a bunch of times yeah. too yeah. and he it just Brad Pitt's acting in this film oh my god especially in the scene where he's just realizing what's happening and he's oh just looking god. at him and he's just like. It's like uh, he's like don't lie. like he's just like so angry. Oh god! Yeah, and then he just like he's he's crying. Then he gets angry. Then he points the gun at him, and it's like just goes to show how John Doe's been a step ahead of them. Every point of this movie, he's always one step ahead, two steps ahead. Yeah, and, and you see uh, Kevin Spacey close his eyes, you know, pending the doom, and he just knows. And um, I think it all just comes down to that line at the end of the movie, which is a line that I think about all the time. Where Morgan Freeman uh, is narrate is narrating the end of this movie, the Ernest Hemingway, the Ernest Hemingway one. He's like, you know, Ernest Hemingway once wrote that the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. And he's like, I agree with the second part. Yeah. And then it just cut to black again. Goosebumps right now. Yeah. What a way to end a movie. And you know they had to fight for that movie. They had to fight to get that because the yeah. studio wanted to change it. Brad Pitt's like, no, I'm not changing it or I'm I'm leaving this movie. Yeah. Like this is there was so many studio the studio trying to get involved in making it a happier ending, and this is a film that when you think about, I think just risk for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. You know, like this film didn't get really love anywhere at the at the awards. Nope. Right. I think it won an MTV award or something. Like <laughs> Best that. kiss, I believe. You know, <laughs> you know, like I, I think it only won like an MTV award or something like that, or was nominated. I'll, for I'll it. look into that. Yeah. Um, this this is a film that like is not a happy ending. It's an experience you go through, and I think that's why you think of this movie and why it's influenced so many people because it's not a cookie cutter. Good guy wins at the end. The good no, guys no. lose at the yeah. end of this movie. And then you see it like we've seen like the Batman trailer we just spoke about is very Seven influenced. The Riddler looks like he's oh John Doe. Oh my goodness! Doe, yeah, you know, um, Zack Snyder even said Seven inspired his Batman in Batman vs Superman, where he's just like just this raw like looking for Jesse's branding people and like whether or not it's a good influence to have for Batman. Sure, like take it that way, but yeah. it's just it. This movie influenced people, and this movie made people talk, and it's making us talk about it twenty five years later. Mm-hmm. I think it was yeah, it was so ahead of its time, and I think that's why I didn't get the love at the award shows at that time because you look back to the movies in the nineties, you know, 
they were really happy. They were fun films. You for know, sure. they were it was a good time. Of all things for this movie to be it's nominated. The year Toy Story came out. You know? Exactly. <laughs> for all things this movie to be nominated for, it was nominated at the Oscars for Best Editing. Did it win? It did not win. Oh. I don't know what won that year, if you guys want to look that up. But yeah, you know, it it's it's absolutely upsetting as to how amazing this film is and how few people have seen it. But whenever I come across somebody that has seen this film, we spend hours talking about it. There's just so much to dissect. There's just so much love for this movie. And I'm glad that you guys also love it as much too, because David Fincher has gone on to direct some of the best films of all time. You look at his, his next film that he had was the the game. You know, I absolutely love the game. I I love the game. It's such a, it's such a, bizarre movie the again another movie with the endings just like oh okay it's yeah you know <laughs> oh it's just my brother playing this prank on me for my birthday <laughs> okay you know crazy and you look at uh, i think his most um i guess you could say commercially friendly film was probably panic room you think so i i, I think it's one of them for sure because when you look at panic room a lot of people have seen it because it, it felt like a very 2000s film as well you know there was so many elements of where people were like, oh yeah, I've seen Panic Room, I've seen Panic Room. And it was coming at that time when there's all these movies that take place in enclosed places and things like that. But then you get films like Zodiac, I mean, you get films like The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and of course his Oscar winning Curious Keith of Benjamin Button. Yeah, and that and that's the one of all the movies that I think that's the most unlikely Fincher film in unlikely the bunch, right? Because it's yeah. it's like full on Let's make one for the Academy. It's literally like you the know? most at <laughs> it the still has strings. an eeriness. Oh, for sure, it's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then you think, look at it, like, again, the music videos he's gone on to do, but also what he's gone on to do in TV side, obviously he was one of the creators and the producers on House of Cards when, when he was involved, phenomenal show, first three seasons of that, Mindhunter. Oh my God. Amazing show. And it's like, he's, I'm just waiting to see, uh, cause he has his own production company. Have we, has he signed any deals or anything yet? Cause we know, I've seen. Ne- like, we know Nef- Manga's coming on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, Manga's coming on Netflix. Is that, is that where he's, cause I think Netflix is it going to be a home for where they're just gonna be like, yeah, make stuff for There's us. There's one more show too. Love sex robots. Oh yeah. He was a producer on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, we also forgetting one of his, I guess, most popular cult classic films is, is fight club. Fight club. You know, that's another another poster that you can't talk about it. I the poster you always see. uh, Sorry. Seven. Uh, Fincher creates cult classics. Yes. And they're timeless pieces, but they're not recognized as these, you know, movies like the Godfather and all that stuff. But it's these, these classics like grunge nineties that it's, it's just part of that system. Yeah. Um, but when you find somebody who likes his movies, yeah. you're just like, you know your shit. Like, yeah. No, definitely. I like talking about it. I like talking about Fincher with you. Um, Apollo 13 yeah. won Best Film Editing in On, the Oscars. It was, again, Seven, Crimson Tide, Braveheart, and Babe. 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 I was like, what's Babe? Babe? <laughs> Babe is a French film. Uh, uh, babe. Oh, babe. Babe was, I mean, yeah. it was the seven of that year as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then you have films like The Social Network that he's done. Yeah. Ten you know, years this We've week. talked so much about that yeah. film, too. Um, we'll definitely have a, a full-on Fincher discussion. Escapade. Yeah. Escapade. Escapade. Um, we're going to have a special guest on in a couple weeks. Not David Fincher. Oh, my God. Uh, I was like, what? We, <laughs> guys, welcome Mr. Fincher to the show. Uh, we'll have a guest on maybe next week. Maybe. We'll talk a little Fincher with him, too. I don't know why I did that sound. I don't like that sound. I regret it. That's uh, Sounds of the Lambs. What right? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds of the Lambs or Spider-Man. But, uh, God, Venom. Um, but, again, what, what an accomplishment seven is 
and uh, we were like we were tweeting about it the other day, and um, it, it's just always fun to see like people engaging with that, and just being like, yeah, like you like seven, like like let's like you. It's the first thing you want to do is talk about it. With All them, you want to do is talk about right? it, right? Um, and our our friend Adam Scholes, who uh, is a producer and editor at TIFF, like he was saying, yeah, like we showed this at TIFF, and we showed like. Uh, this special version of it that you could only see like on the DVD and it just looked different. I'm like, man, I want to see this version now. See now. He was just like tickling us with that version of the movie. Mm. Yeah, he was tickling us. Oh, I, or was I, he tweeting us? It was one. It of them. was both. The, the way I look at it is that this film, you know, it's um, it's it's definitely not for the squeamish. I think if if you're willing to kind of get through it, especially when you get to the the sloth part of the film. Oh yeah, it's very like whoa, like shocking in a way. They go there. Yeah, they go and there. they show a lot without showing a lot. Yes, you know, you never see those murders committed on screen. Right. It's always like just you were like, no, like, like there was a whole, like, and I was reading about this movie this week. I was reading a bunch of articles and there, uh, one of the things that was happening was like audience members were complaining that they saw Gwyneth Paltrow's head in the box. You never see her head in no, the box. It's a little frame of just her face. Yeah. But like but not her head like that. Right. Like, but like it gives you enough yes. that it's like, this is, you're going to believe that you, you yeah, it's, it's there. in the box. All right. It's the box. What is in the box? Man, what a movie. What a movie. So, I think it's safe to say that, that this film is a real gem. <laughs> if I had to give it a... Are you rating it right I had now? to give it a rating. This film's a real gem, in my opinion. Oh, easily real gem. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And he's well, like, let's stream it. <laughs> no, I would say skip it. Ah. <laughs> Be kind, rewind. Are we, kind, are we rewind. reviewing this film? Wait, I, I think, think we just I think we kind of just did. <laughs> oh, but let me... I'm going to say it, too. Yeah, say your piece. It's a gem. Okay. Okay. I like it. Well, I don't like that. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I'm excited for if hopefully we get a Mindhunter season three. I'm crossing my fingers. Again, if you haven't watched Mindhunter, it's on Netflix. It is phenomenal. It's an absolutely brilliant show. If you're a fan of Frozen, Jonathan Groff voices one of the characters in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I've got for you there. If you're a fan of Hamilton, he was King George, I believe. Yeah. If you're a fan of uh, the opening scene of Justice League, <laughs> that guy's in that it guy's too. in it too. Oh, the guy, yeah, that's I'm true. I'm blanking on his name. If right you're now. a fan of Charles Manson, yeah. what is wrong with you? Why are you listening? Same to Same actor podcast? from Once Upon a Time in Same Hollywood. Well so it's like you have him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, who he's where he's kind of normal looking, and then you have him in Mindhunter, where he's full on. I thought swastika. they actually brought him on. Yeah, yeah, it was. He's terrifying. All right, what an unsettling show. Watch. Oh yeah, absolutely. Again, that was the movie podcast. Of course, you can listen to our episodes every Monday. On all your favorite podcast streaming services. Uh, did you guys have anything you wanted to add before we wrap up today? No, just make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the movie podcast. Yes, at the movie podcast. We've got it. Um, and just stay tuned because we're going to have a lot of uh, fun episodes planned heading into October, November, December. With the holidays coming up, with Thanksgiving coming up, with Halloween coming up, and with the PlayStation coming up. There's a lot of fun things to look forward to and a lot of special guests. So. Yeah. You already know we're the best movie podcast around. It's true. Make sure to vote on our bracket. It's coming this <laughs> Wednesday. I thought you were saying make sure to vote for the best movie podcast. I'm like, I, and we win. And we win. One. <laughs> but yeah, make sure to vote on our bracket on Instagram at the movie podcast. This is the finals. It'll be 21, 21 Jump Street. I was going to say 21 year old virgin. 21 <laughs> Jump Street and 40 year old virgin head to head. And then, of course, the week after we'll be starting best horror movie so please head on over to this time slash talk and submit your favorite horror movies and maybe they'll make it into our bracket again that was this time with the movie podcast and we'll see you next